The Berkeley City Council is now called to order. The <laughs> board is Council Member Kesserwani is absent. Chaplain here. Bartlett is absent. Harrison here. On present. Wengraff is absent. Present. And Mayor Eric present. Okay. Okay. Former the City Council is present. Council Member Wengraff will not be joining us this evening. I do have an urgent item. I'm going to ask the Council to accept to excuse her absence tonight as she is carrying aboard. Um, uh, a ill family member, um, and that's uh, permissible under some travel requirements. So um, we'll move now to ceremonial matters. There are no ceremonial matters today. We'll move now to city manager comments. Madam city manager, the comments this evening. Okay, so we're not going to go to public comment on non-agenda matters. And I'd like to ask unanimous consent that we conduct this the way that we've done um, the past several meetings. We'll take 10 in-person speakers. Will be selected by the clerk. We'll take 10 speakers on Zoom. And um, I'd like to ask uh, the clerk to please select 10 parts for in person speakers. Okay. We have 10 names. We have uh, Desmond Lyon. Lions, Alana, Lucia, Aster, Henry G, Val W, Molly Nance, Roy, and Steve uh, Slosky. So those are the 10 names. You can come up in any order, stand at the podium, the microphone will not be yeah, nice, but order, sir. the people in the room can hear you, and then the people on Zoom will hear you and see you by the meeting owl. So your audio is being picked up on this um, this device here for the people participating on Zoom. Cool. And um, once again, I'll read the names. Steve Lawson, Roy, Molly Nance, Third, please, sir. Please don't interrupt the meeting. Henry G. Aster. Two Asters, actually. Two? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Are there two Asters or just one Aster? Is there one Aster or two Asters? Oh, soon there's one. Third, no, you're out of order. Unless your name is called, you're not allowed to speak at this time. I'm, I'm here to serve a recall notice. Sir, please don't interrupt the meeting. Please. I'm not interrupting the meeting. I'm a citizen of Berkeley. Jim Bendem. Sorry, I'm trying to read this card. Lucia, Ilana, and Desmond Line. If any of those individuals are called, please come forward and open to the order um, to begin public comment on non agenda matters. Thank you. Good evening. Um, I have a message from Zaina Azam. Write my name on my leg, Mama. Use the black permanent marker, the one that doesn't bleed if it gets wet, the one that won't melt if there's heat exposed to it. Write my name on my leg, Mama. Make the lines thick and clear. Add your special flourishes. 
So I can take comfort in seeing my mama's handwriting before I go to sleep. Write my name on my leg, mama, and on the legs of my sisters and brothers. This way we will belong together. This way we will be known as your children. Write my name on my leg, mama, and please write your name and Baba's name on your legs too, so we can be remembered as a family. Write my name on my leg, mama. Don't add any numbers like the day I was born or the address of our home. I don't want the world to list me as a number. I have a name and I am not a number. Write my name on my leg, mama. When the bomb hits our house, when the walls crush our skulls and our bones, our legs will tell our story that there was nowhere for us to run. We all must do what we can and you all can do what you can to stop the violence and end the madness. So please, I beg you, we need a ceasefire. You need to do what you can do as leaders of this community and join the call. This could be a, a moment where everything changes. Please, there are children every day, 10 children lose a limb and are amputated with no anesthesia. Thank you. Thank you, Alana. Okay, um, next speaker, can you, can you come forward, you can please state your name um, so I can just verify your rights. Molly Nance, Molly Nance. Yes, that is me. Yeah, just speak up. Sorry. These are the words of Isan Alda, Palestinian journalist, activist, and hero, yesterday on January 29th, 2024. It is reasonable for us to celebrate our humanity in 2024 while an entire people is being under a genocide in front of our eyes and your eyes. Is it a disgrace to all of our humanity to delay reaching a ceasefire and give the occupation forces time to kill more civilians and children and destroy thousands of homes and streets? Every minute that passes for the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip under this genocide is like a hundred years of torture and cold and starvation while being threatened by leaders in the occupation to not allow us to return to our homes again. While two million people live in tents, schools, hospitals, and streets in very difficult humanitarian conditions that indicate a humanitarian catastrophe that will take years to overcome, including epidemics, diseases, and the collapse of the infrastructure and social structure. How can a case be so just and clearly documented as this one and its people not receive justice for 115 days? Please call oh. for a ceasefire. Thank you. Thank you. Name on your mirror, Eric Number two. Stop. I'm a Jewish resident of Berkeley. I've been very involved in Jewish community here for as long as I've lived here. I moved here about two and a half years ago. And I just wanted to let you know that I have 
only been shouted at in the streets when identifying publicly with my Palestinian friends, when I'm walking with my friends who are visibly politically active or visibly Muslim. And I'm not going to say anti-Semitism does exist, but I'm going to say that it does not happen because of those of us who are standing in solidarity with our friends, our community members, our neighbors, who are losing loved ones every single day because of the inaction, not just of this council, but in part because of this council. And I know it's hard to feel like we have a broader reach, but we do. And what we're doing here in not having a ceasefire resolution is making it very clear to my friends, my community, my loved ones, that the city council doesn't work for them. Please adopt the people resolution. Hello, Berkeley City Council talking into the mic, but it doesn't work, so we're just going to have to be louder. Bit ironic there. Um, my name for the public comment record is Aster. I'm a Palestinian American. And I would like to let you all know as a gentle, friendly old reminder that the city of Berkeley, you guys may not have passed a ceasefire resolution. You may not have been up for the challenge to conduct any moral leadership. But the city, the people of Berkeley, the people who live here actually did it. We passed our own people's resolution. So I'm saying that into public comments for the record that because you guys were unable to do so and you refused to time after time, we've already done it. It's called the People's Resolution, and you can go to tinyurl.com slash sign dash peoples dash res. If you also want to read it and see what a ceasefire resolution looks like here in Berkeley. Number three, four. Council members, my name is Henry, and I stand before you today as an anti Zionist Jew and a descendant of Holocaust survivor. Recording a people's history, a people's trauma, to have the saying dedicated to remembering my people's history of the Holocaust be never again, it was a privilege. I expected my people's history to be written down. I expected it out of the decency of humanity, to have the dignity to write down such atrocities committed in hopes of never repeating them again. But here we are in the wake of Palestinian genocide at the hands of the Israeli government after decades of oppression. I cannot even begin to imagine the feelings of grief and invalidation one goes through to not only be a victim of atrocity, but to then, but to then face the prospect of its manipulation, misrepresentation, and erasure from nearly all major Western media and history. We do not fight discrimination with nationalistic isolation that allows those biases and dogmas to fester and grow. We fight it with integration and societal legislation. The state of Israel has never led to a decrease in anti-Semitism. Ceasefire now.
So uh, let me just read the remaining cards I have um, of speakers who were selected to, for in-person comments. Desmond Lyon, please forgive my pronunciation. I'm doing my best to read the handwriting. Jim Fendon, Lucia Roy, and Steve Slossett. So if, you're, if your name was selected, if you can, please come forward. My name is Desmond Lyon, and I'm a resident of District 1. I'm a first-generation American and a child of Holocaust survivors and refugees, but what I want to do is to urge the council to work to keep all citizens of Berkeley safe. I want to encourage the council and all of us to reject hate against Muslims, Jews, or any other group based on their ethnicity or religion. I applaud the council's focus on local business and the needs of residents such as traffic safety, crime prevention, mental health services, and alleviating homelessness. Thank you for doing this work. Thank you. public comment my name is Lucia. these are the words of Jenin Matari she's a Palestinian American activist and producer I don't want it this home that's killing my own the one that made my family's dreams come true I don't want it the land of possibilities but only if you can get through is it a betrayal to all that they've built or is it an honor to reclaim and return to my ancestral lands where the ancient olive trees have been brutalized and burned. I don't want it. This place where I work here to bomb children there. This place that litters the sky with white phosphorus, poisoning the air. The land is calling us, longing for our return. The air, the birds, the flowers, the sea, all of them, they yearn. Will she take me back? It's been so long. Will she remember me? One day I know we'll reunite and maybe there I can just be. Second Aster, I'm here for public comment. As a Jewish citizen of Israel from birth, I grew up witnessing the atrocities of the settler colonial state funded by U.S. taxpayer money inflicts on Palestinians. Hospitals and ambulances are being destroyed in targeted airstrikes, and the bodies of civilians, including children, are being poisoned and torn apart by weapons designed, programmed, and manufactured right here in the Bay Area. At moments like these, refusing to pass a ceasefire resolution is tantamount to promoting genocide bloodshed, and land grabs. After the community's past few encounters with Jesse Araguin and the city council, I have spoken with my district number four neighbors. Every single one that I have spoken to sees through your flimsy attempts to hide behind procedural mechanics to, to shirk your responsibility to listen to your constituents. Berkeley residents know that what is truly divisive is the, is the destruction of thousands of lives. And if you cannot show us fine even for this, our community will make sure that your career and your legacy in the historical record reflects your cowardice. Cease fire now. 
Good evening, Mayor, Council Members. I'm Steve Swanson. I'm a candidate for Congressional District 12. I'm from the Free Speech Movement at Cal. The Free Speech Movement at Cal was in opposition to the Vietnam War. I am requesting the council issue a resolution demanding our government cease and desist all military aid to foreign countries, especially Israel. Right now, you, I, and everybody in this council room have been supplying the bombs, the planes, the tanks, the bullets, they're being used to kill innocent women and children. I request that you send this resolution to our Senator Adela, Senator Butler, and Congresswoman Lee. Thank you. Okay, the remaining cards I have are Jim Fenden and Roy. <coughs> Sorry, I just went there. Yeah, Jim and Roy have believed. Please speak for one of you. Number one, Mayor Dean, keep your word. The ranch is our face. And believe me, if I shouldn't fit in individual of these two, stop this nonsense. The, the consent calendar today, I waited three years, three years. On the biggest business in the Bay Area, thirty million dollars a year worth of business. Keep your word. I have email from you from everybody. Let's keep your word. So I recommend to the city manager do not move the move. As far as the the Gaza issue, the short run, I cannot believe you guys looking at TV. All of this kid, man carrying his children in bags. In the short run, it is awful what happened to Gaza. I told you, I lived under. Everything from France and England and whatever. It is horrible. What kind of manage do you have? Are you human? This is just awful. How can you eat? How can you sleep? So what I would recommend is two best solution doesn't really mean anything. Biden, when he went to Israel, they screwed up his brain. There is no way this man experienced He looks different. Everything is different. And again, the short run, the poor Palestinian families that living. It is very cold in the Middle East. Snowed in Egypt a couple of years ago. Gaza is very cold. very cold. What we need to do, best solution as a symbolic, so can all of us go to sleep. The short run, the Palestinian poor kids losing their life, adults and women. In the long run, the biggest the biggest loser is Israel. You know why? Just 20 years ago, the many Israeli people rose and the worst. Name in, in, in the world. Israel won by great uh, by great deal. The worst name, just name, name of anything is Israel. How can that man Netanyahu is a crazy, insane Maybe Hitler. We need okay, but please sure. Follow up what Your I time said. is up, Mary. Follow, follow up what I said. Because it is just imagine kids getting shredded every day in pieces, interrogated. Under the rubble. We need to move on to the remaining speakers. Yeah, but please finish. Your I will. I am finishing right now. 
with the business, my business to which millions of dollars in the city of Berkeley in taxes. Keep your word. Keep your word, Marigine. All right, keep your word. Thank as far you. as the Gaza thing, then Thank you. please You're vote welcome. to this part. Okay? Thank you. Jim Fendom. Jim, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm here for Jim. Okay. Okay, we'll, we'll let you speak. It's fine. And then this is that this is the last and first to speak. We'll get a ten speakers on soon. I raise a point of order. These are the words of Bisan Auda, Palestinian journalist, activist, and hero. To not be forgotten, even if we die. Even if I do not survive this. If I do not survive this, it's okay. 30,000 people were killed in the last 96 days. I might be one of them. I'm not better than them. If I die, if I get killed, if I am murdered, if I do not survive, just remember me. Remember my cause. Remember my people. Remember why we are fighting. Remember why we are here. Only this. I don't want anything else. These are the words of Bisan Auda, Palestinian journalist, activist, and hero yesterday on January 29th, 2024. Is it reasonable for us to celebrate our humanity in 2024 while an entire people is being under genocide in front of our and your eyes? It is a disgrace to all of our humanity to delay reaching a ceasefire and give the occupation force time to kill more civilians and children and destroy thousands of homes and streets. Every minute that passes for the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip under this genocide is like a hundred years of torture. In cold and starvation, while being threatened by leaders in the occupation to not allow us to return to our homes again. While two million people live in tents, schools, hospitals, and streets. In very different huma difficult humanitarian conditions that indicate a catastrophe that will take years to overcome, including epidemics, diseases, and the collapses of infrastructure and social structure. How can a case be just and so clearly documented as this one, and its people not receive justice for 115 days. These words are written by somebody who is just as young as me, and it is disgusting that she has to go through this every single day while all of you sit here on your phones instead of listening to us, your constituents. You are all pathetic. We demand that you pass a ceasefire resolution and that you pass it right now. We'll go to 10 speakers on Zoom. I raise a point of order. I'm here to recall the mayor. I'm here to take notice. Give it to the clerk. Okay. go next. Whitney Sparks. Whitney Sparks, you should not be able to speak. Whitney Sparks. Okay, while we're waiting for Whitney Sparks, we'll go to Batia. Um, I'm a resident of Berkeley, and I would like to cede my time to Daniel Friedman, who I believe is in the room.
Okay. I'm a resident of Berkeley. I live, work, and work at Berkeley. I want to use my minute by thanking the city council for their continued focus on local efforts. We have real issues in the city and we need your leadership. Locally, our city council meetings have endured months of frothy emotional fuels, borderline criminal neglect of history, the use of alternative facts, and the level of name-calling, blaming, and divisiveness not seen since Trump supporters invaded Berkeley. This is not healthy for Muslims or Jews or anyone in our community. I ask this council to double down with the local focus and work with our community to reject hate in all its forms, whether it's in our community or our classrooms or our city council meetings. to show how the principles of equity and dignity that Berkeley holds so dear can be applied to all of our communities and help build unity from there. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, we're going to go back to Whitney Sparks. Hello. I would like to cede my time to Kanisha. And it like stays on the ship longer than yes. doing. Yes. Kanisha's in the room. To Kanisha. Call for a ceasefire. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, my name is Miles. I'm going to be speaking on behalf of Anita. Uh, good evening. My name is Miles. I'm a Jewish student resident and constituent in Berkeley. I was raised Jewish and continue to be proudly Jewish. One of the greatest values in Judaism is the sanctity of human life. As yeah. Jews, we profoundly believe that every human life is sacred and that the saving of one life is like saving a whole world. So I refuse to stand by while tens of thousands of worlds are being murdered. The genocidal Zionist project is completely antithetical to my Jewish values. I am proud to be continuing the strong history of Jewish resistance to oppression and horrid violence committed against anyone and everyone around the world. I'm proud to stand in solidarity with my Palestinian neighbors and others around the world in fighting this genocide. You have the opportunity tonight to help save tens of thousands of worlds. Call for a ceasefire, pass the people's resolution now. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go to Z. Z, you should not be able to speak. Thank you. My name is Zev, uh, second time speaking. Um, another meeting, another round by the thugs who think that if they yell loud enough, maybe they'll get their way. Gentlemen, this is not the way democracy works. Notice we are not actually arguing with you on the merits, and it's because this is neither the time nor the place. You do not know what my opinion is of Israel and Gaza, and that is the point. You do not get your way simply because you yell louder. This is not about Gaza. It's not about Israel. It's about good governance. Said your point. We heard it. Everybody heard it. Let the city do its business. This is not the way to make change. And lastly, and I know this is a minor point and it's a little petty, but for the fools who are walking around with Saudi kafiyas, Saudis are not Palestinians. Sorry, just Trilrabak, that just drives me, it gets under my skin. Get the, get the kafiyas right, please. I receive the rest of my time. Don't forget to 
it is not appropriate for people to make any discriminatory comments about people, their religion, their background. We will not tolerate that. I condemn that that speech. Um, I will intervene and uh, hold people accountable when that happens in the future. Regardless of your perspective, we should be respectful of each other and our differences. Our diversity is our strength here in Berkeley. <clears throat> so we'll go next to Blair B. Blair B, you're up. How to go? Hi, Blair B. Again. Uh, I'll start again. Uh, thanks a lot for your meeting, council meeting last week, in talking about the future of reimagined issues and to go in depth about the future of what reimagined can actually be about in our future uh, as a community and as a collective society. Uh, I think you really try to work towards concepts of peace, actually, that we really need, as you can't quite come up with ceasefire ideas at this time. Uh, thanks for your work. Uh, it's important. I think we need to clarify that uh, crime issues, while still continuing from the era of COVID, are also being addressed. And that means we can't be dumping in tons of new technology when we're already doing practices that are working well. We are succeeding in some ways. We need to acknowledge that. And if we don't, then we're going to be building in this year of continual war more and more war toys. And that's the real question I hope everybody will look at and fight for in this year. We have to be wary and aware of that and then fight for peace here at the local level and demand good practices of our government. Thank you. Okay, our next speaker is Brennan Robbins. Brandon Robbins, are you there? Uh, yes, can you hear me? Yes. All right, um, well, thank you, Mayor and Council. Um, I am speaking in strong support of a ceasefire resolution to be passed um, ideally as an emergency action tonight. Um, if you're not up to that, then as an item for the next agenda, for the ne next meeting's agenda. Um, I'm not gonna go over the ground. We've heard from so many um, horrifying you know, voices of what's been going on on the ground in Gaza and Palestine. I just wanted to give a few remarks in my 30 seconds about the relevance to Berkeley. We are all of our money, as everybody said, all of our every single one of us, our tax dollars are going to be funding this genocide. They're actively doing it. And so uh, we need to, it's really important that we stand up against this. Um, I apologize, my, I was not prepared to get called on, so I don't quite have some prepared remarks. One final point. Congress is negotiating right now a so-called deal that's going to include funding for all sorts of different stuff. I'm not sure if Israel is going to be in it. It is so important that we call for a ceasefire right now so that our representatives can be influenced by that. Thank you. And ceasefire now. Okay, our next speaker is the caller with the number ending 199. Please press star six to unmute. Call with the number ending one nine nine. If you wish to speak, please 
unmute your phone, press star six. Hi, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. I'm ceding my time to Dan Friedman, please. Is he in the room? Okay. Thank you. Um, people have been uh, protesting and demanding a ceasefire resolution. Um, they call it the People's uh, Resolution. They call it an important humanitarian resolution. I read it a few times. There were two words that I couldn't find there that are important. And they speak volumes about the true nature of this resolution. And those two words are Hamas and peace. To demand ceasefire without mentioning Hamas, the terrorist organization that started this war and is still attacking Israel and holding hostages, is being uh, not making a Pause. I'm sorry. But all the state, maybe, maybe somehow there's some some cold going around right now. But but the but the reality is that let's have let give speakers support, even if you don't agree with them. It's not it's not polite to interrupt them. Let them be heard. Let's let this man have his time. They're not he's not interrupting your time. Um. So two words. That I couldn't find in that resolution. That's Hamas and peace. So the demand of ceasefire. Once again, please. I mean, this is ridiculous. He's not interrupting. He's not, no, please. Give him Genocide's not fucking polite. He's here telling you to keep bombing kids. That's what he has supported. This gentleman has no more diet. Hamas was set up by Israel. Diet. So if, if people are not going to let us continue with our meeting, we are going to have to take a recess. So this gentleman has the floor. Let him finish his last few seconds, finish his thought. And then we'll move on to the next speaker. And I'd like to ask, please do not interrupt the other speaker. When you have to, when you when you're up there speaking, you don't want to be interrupted. You want you want to see what you have to say. Don't interrupt other Let's be let's be adults here. Whoever called my name, I'm not ashamed standing here. Okay, no interruptions. Stop interrupting the meeting. You're out of order. This gentleman has the floor. I'm going to give him 10 more seconds to finish his comment because people were interrupting his his time. Mr. Mayor, I actually wrote please, my stuff. Let please wrap up. Wrap up. Okay. And they forgot to say peace. So this is the true nature of what we're seeing here. There's nothing moral. There's nothing humanitarian. The forces driving this Right. They have no peace in their mind, not for Israel and not for the Palestinians. And that is the sad thing about it.
Noah. And once again, let's get these people to the floor, let them be heard, not interrupt each other, let everyone have the opportunity to speak freely. Hi there, can you hear me okay? Yes. Hi, I'm a student um, in Berkeley and also a member of the Jewish community and an anti-Zionist um, Jewish person. And I want to echo the sentiments calling for a ceasefire resolution urgently. Um, personally, it's I want to feel proud to be Jewish, but sometimes it's really hard when I feel like my identity is being used to commit genocide and just hurt so many other people in it just really is infuriating. And um, I think the council does have the power to create this, to pass a resolution and has been called on to do so for many, many weeks and months now. And it's just frankly disgusting that nothing has been done um, in the face of such horrible, you know, actions happening as again, that our tax dollars are going to. So I urgently call on the council to please use their power to fight for justice and for peace. Thank you. Okay, our next speaker is Christina Hart. Hi, can you all hear me? Yes. Thank you. I'm going to read something from uh, Jesse um, Adegin's website, jessieadegin.com. It says, we believe in leading by example and are guided by a moral standard of social justice. The city of Berkeley was one of the first American cities to divest from apartheid South Africa in the 1980s. Nearly four decades later, Mayor Adegin is committed to keeping Berkeley a beacon of political action in a time of national darkness. It then follows two, session, two sections where the mayor divested from Wells Fargo and other companies that are involved in socially unjust movements, um, such as the Dakota Access Pipeline. I want to say that on Friday, January 26th, the International Court of Justice ruled in favor of South Africa's case against Israel and ruled that Israel has to prevent genocide. So I just want to make those connections that this city has a moral obligation to follow in its history um, and divest. Hillary. <laughs> Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Um, I would like to cede my time to Aaron, who is in the room. Okay. And once again, let's not interrupt speakers, let them have their minute, just like everyone else is having their time. My name is Rabbi Adam Napoli Kelman. I want to just share a story of what happened in this wonderful city of Berkeley. Hello to me. I was walking home from synagogue Saturday afternoon with my wife and other people. As I'm walking down after synagogue, enjoying our Sabbath, someone rolls down the window and yells something at me. Why? Because they see me wearing a kippah. That is what is going on in this city, not anywhere else. That is what's being seated here. I want to be clear. Somebody yelling something at somebody that's Jewish 
because they're Jewish is anti-Semitism full stop. And what I want to be clear is what is happening here, what is being seated here, all of this vehement, vehement and hatred that we're seeing here okay. is, can I, can I talk? No. Let's no. once again, let's be adults here. Let him finish. What we are seeing here is perpetuating the antagonism against Jews in the city, like myself, that are walking home from synagogue and being called out because we are wearing kippot. I ask you to hold and not pass a ceasefire and focus on what's happening in your own city and protecting and supporting your own Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yes. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I just want to say, as someone who lived through the 9-11 attacks, I think one of the reasons this is really relevant um, is, is because uh, the current, uh, you know, events, uh, the, the genocide against Gaza, is manifesting itself throughout the region and we are being dragged into a wider war. And once again, there will be blowback. And that's why I think it actually is very relevant for a ceasefire resolution. And that's all I wanna say, thank you. Okay, that completes this round of public comment on non-existent matters. Thank everyone for their comments tonight. We're going to go to the consent calendar. And first, I'd like to introduce this urgent item to excuse Councilman Lindgraf's absence under the provisions of Government Code Section 5954.2b2. Um, the need to take immediate action is that uh, Councilman Lindgraf is unable to attend today due to illness and close family member. Is requesting under the city charter that we excuse our absence. We make a motion to add this item to the agenda. Is there a second? Second. So the question is on adding the item that I've submitted to excuse Councilor Wengar's absence from time to time. Please call the roll. Councilmember Kesarwani. Yes. Kaplan. Yes. Bartlett. Yes. Harrison. Yes. On. Yes. Wengraft absent. Humbert. Yes. And Mayor Harry. Yes. Okay. Mike's not working. Yeah. Okay. So that item has been added to the agenda. It is a consent item. Um, and on the consent calendar, cause in the interest of time, I'd like to ask that we keep our comments brief. We'll go to Councilor Hahn. Hi, yes, thank you. Um, first of all, I wanted to thank our fire chief, David Sprague, the city manager for putting forward item six, a grant application for funding from the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, much of my district, um, and Councilmember Wendrass, who is not here this evening, is in the very high fire hazard severity zone. So this is a matter of extreme importance. Uh, this is an opportunity for Berkeley to help residents who have demonstrated 
financial and physical hardship to bring their properties into compliance with the best practices on defensible space. And I'm really proud to support this item and welcome all efforts to make our city safer and more resilient. I also wanted to bring attention to um, item 27, which um, is um, support for ACA for elections, which is assembly constitutional amendment that will allow felons to vote in all elections in California. I also want to thank Councilmember Robinson, who is the co-sponsor of this with me. Um, the right to vote is a cornerstone of our democracy. Yet this country has a deep history of disenfranchising, in particular black and brown communities. And because of their disparities in policing and disenfranchisement laws, black and brown Americans are disproportionately stripped of the right to vote. And thereby their voice and political power is diminished. ACA would give voters the opportunity to decide, California voters the opportunity to decide whether serving a prison sentence those Californians serving a prison sentence should be allowed to participate in their democracy, and I, of course, believe they should. Restoring the right to vote for all people will not only make our democracy fairer, but also safer. As studies repeatedly show that when system-impacted people can vote, they're less likely to be incarcerated after release. I want to thank the bill's sponsor, Assembly Member Isaac Bryan, and the League of Women's Voters of California, the League of Women's Voters of Berkeley, Albany and Amarville, who brought this to our attention, as well as former council member Robinson for their work and efforts on this issue. And I urge my colleagues to support. Thank you. Okay, um, I don't see any other council members wishing to be recognized on a consent calendar. Um, so we'll make a show of hands. How many members of the public like to speak on the consent calendar? Okay. Um, all right, um, and can I ask members of the public who wish to speak on consent to raise their hands on Zoom at this time? This we didn't get it. Now, I'll get you in a minute. Okay, Madam City Manager. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'm elected. Got it. And that's it. Okay, here. I like to pull item number 23. Is it the contract with Shaw Industry Incorporated for the city center? Here's your line, partner. Thanks. I start working. Oh, City Manager is removing item 23, the contract with Shaw Industries Incorporated for the Civic Center building carpet replacement project, correct? Correct, thank you. Okay, anything else? Um, okay, so I'm going to make a motion to set a defined public comment period of 30 minutes for consent items. No. Second. 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 Please call the wall that motion. Okay, on the motion, Councilmember Kesterwani? Yeah. Backlin? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yeah. On? Yes. Langrath is absent. Butler? Yes. And Mayor Arrigan? Yes. Okay, motion carried. Okay, so we're going to first take in person speakers, and if there's time remaining, we'll go to speakers on Zoom. Before we begin, we need to set the clock. And once again, we're this is public comment on the various items on the consent calendar. So if you can please uh, speak to those items. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, this is about item number one. In 2017, you all will remember you passed the sanctuary contracting ordinance, which basically said that the city of Berkeley will not be in contract with any business or entity that does business with ICE. 
Well, we know that Motorola does business with ICE, mm -hmm. and that's number one. So I, I looked in this agenda packet, Madam City Manager and Council, there is no waiver to that sanctuary contracting ordinance. So I don't think you all can pass this without the waiver, because otherwise you will be you will be breaking your sanctuary contracting ordinance, which says you cannot do business. City of Berkeley cannot do business with an entity that does business with ICE, Motorola, most assuredly does, does business with ICE. So please uh, enter the waiver and maybe stay this for the next, whatever you all need to do, but just wanted to bring that to your attention. Hi, I'd like to speak to item six. My name is Desmond Lyon. I live in District One and I'm a member of the first and short third neighborhood group. I'm addressing item six on the consent calendar, Cal Fire Wildfire Prevention Grant to implement an incentive program for residents in Berkeley's very high fire hazard severity zone. All of Berkeley is at risk from wildfire when humidity is very low and winds flow to the east, as in the massively destructive 1923 and 1991 fires. Thus, even though I live in District 1, I'm in favor of this grant application to support one-time financial assistance of $2,900 each to eligible Hills homeowners for vegetation mitigation measures and for a third-party grant administrator for this program. This will protect me and all Berkeley residents at no matching cost to the city. Thank you to Chief Sprague and to Berkeley Fire and the Office of Emergency Services for creating the mitigation program this grant will help implement. And thank you to the mayor and council for working to keep all Berkeley in safe. Thank you. My name is Janice Thomas, and I'm here in support of the consent item number 28. Uh, I came down just to really say thank you because the item was so well written and researched, and the action in every aspect of it is, is I think, brilliant because you all are leveraging federal dollars by accessing your state legislators and governors to um, move move the needle to get PG&E to think about cities that are in fact in the very high fire hazard uh, severity zone. Panoramic Hill, as you all know, is tier three is the worst. We have um, a road that was built in 1888 before there were cars, and it's the only way in and out of the neighborhood. So there's nothing much we can do. There's only so much vegetation we can remove unless we just have concrete everywhere. And uh, this is Gloria. Thank you for your support. Thank you. My name is Dory. I'm also from Panoramic Hill. And I also want to thank you very much for putting this on the consent uh, um, list today. And um, carry on. Thank you. Um, I'd like to talk about agenda item three and the importance of fair wages. As a union member whose union called for a ceasefire months ago, I'd like to emphasize the importance of what calling for a ceasefire means to everybody. And also as a daughter of Palestinian immigrants from Gaza, I'm disgusted that as a worker, my tax dollars are going to funding the genocide and killing my family abroad. And this isn't some foreign war. This is a genocide funded and created by the United States. We are sending the weapons that are killing children in Gaza. We are paying 
for the starvation of children, and we need to do something about it now. By staying silent and complicit, we are just allowing for hate to take place. And I understand that hate against our Jewish um, community members has increased, and it has for for Arab, Muslim, and Palestinians as well. As a uh, as someone who's also experienced a hate crime while at a protest wearing a kofiya, it's disgusting. And us taking a stance on this and calling for a ceasefire will put an end to this hate. Thank you. My name is Travis Castle, and I created a plan called Path to Humanity. I'd like to address item number 15. So uh, Tuesday the 16th was 159th anniversary of reparations promised to freed slaves. That promise was never delivered. It says it's going to carry it on the stick dangling from the people. I want to remove that carrot from the stick. The Path to Humanity is a multi-step process. It's funded in similar fashion how Yelp and Google uh, fund as far as stage one. So for $40 a month, businesses buy a sticker. They get a support for the cause that they um, care about most. And this will generate around $10 million per component. And yes, it's weird, but we're not dependent on government grants. We're not dependent on outside funding. We can do this ourselves. Rome wasn't built overnight, but it was built by Romans. We have to do it ourselves, especially with the, the state being 78, uh, sorry, nearly $70 billion a day. Um, you have my packet from last week, and I have this for you. Um, so thank you. I'd like to talk about consent calendar item number 10, revenue mm -hmm. grants agreement, funding support from the state of California tobacco control program to conduct public health services. The program, the projected total amount is $300,000 for the fiscal year of 2025. When I approve that measure, I think that that's wonderful. We should be putting money towards our public health. I just think that it's interesting that in the city of Berkeley, we spend $1,616,932 to Israel for weapons every year. When instead it could fund things like the measure 10, it could also fund 192 households with free public housing for a year. 562 children receiving free or low-cost health care, 17 elementary school teachers with salaries, 4,600 households with solar electricity, 42 students with their loan debt completely paid off, and almost 2 million N95 respirator masks today in the midst of the second highest COVID peak since 2020. For you, Jesse, who's complaining that we're all coughing, maybe we should fund that instead. We can all get some masks here. I think it is wild that you would rather fund any of these things instead of stopping a genocide against innocent children. Ceasefire now. Hi, uh, my name is Jocelyn. I am a city worker, but I'm only speaking on behalf of myself as a Berkeley resident and a Jewish American. I've also experienced a hate crime. I had a man yell out the window at me that I'm an anti-Semite multiple times. Um, 
And I want to speak about um, number 11, dental, uh, dental health in the schools. I'm definitely really in favor of it. I've seen it in action. I think it's wonderful. I want to follow up on what the previous speaker said that, you know, we, we should really be funding more and more of this preventative services for children instead of spending, what, 1.6, I don't know, however much we're, our taxes are going to fund this genocide. The children in Gaza, they can't get preventative health care services like dental care. Uh, you know, if you get an infected tooth, that can, infection can go to your brain. I, I worked with it today, I used to work for the World Health Program. I'm not speaking on that behalf. That kind of infection can go to your brain. People are dying from highly preventable illnesses, young children in Gaza. I'm a Jewish American. Jesse, the article that you wrote hurt my feelings. <laughs> the article where you were quoted hurt my feelings when it was stated, you said the protesters, every time a Jewish person gets up and speaks that they disagree with, they interrupt them. I think that's irresponsible to launch us all in uh, all Jewish people as as Zionists. That's dangerous, and that goes back to the hate on the consent item 11, um, echoing um, the previous speaker, uh, that for the Alameda County Public Health Department to provide dental services to Berkeley Unified School District. I think we've seen throughout just even this country, the ramifications of lack of health care access for both adults and children. And I think we can look at this on a worldwide scale in uh, places such as Gaza right now, where there are no fully functioning hospitals, and there's only six ambulances to service a population of this place, sick population of over 2 million. Um, we can compare and we can think about how uh, we know that public health is important for all people, for all children to survive. But yet, when we are considering children throughout the world, people throughout the world, we can't seem to uh, send that same care and love to them. So I urge you to provide dental services for the children of Berkeley High School District, and I also urge you to advocate for a ceasefire. Thank you. Um, my name is Sumaya. I want to speak about item 12. It's the expenditure contract, the Berkeley Free Clinic for Laboratory Services. Uh, I think it's hilarious that we need to fund free clinics here in the U.S. Meanwhile, Israel gets free fucking health care fully on American tax dollars. And, like, that's crazy. They're healthy, just so they're healthy enough to continue killing children in Gaza. Um, you know what's also crazy? Hundreds and hundreds of children are being amputated without anesthesia daily. Imagine that. Like, limbs being amputated. I've watched so many videos of children under the knife in their kitchen homes being amputated because there are no hospitals. Their medical infrastructure has fallen. I've seen, I've heard that women are going under C-sections without anesthesia. You, to the woman in this room, shame on you. Are you, if you're mothers, imagine a C-section without anesthesia. I'm literally two, three months pregnant. I could eat, I can't even imagine that. It's disgusting. Stand up, use your voices. If you call yourself, if you call yourself feminist, shame on all of you. Next speaker, please.
like to speak on item number seven. I'm a citizen of Berkeley. I've lived here for decades. I would like to thank the city council for not allowing itself to be dragged into a hate fest. Um, Oakland and Richmond succumbed, but you stood up and you said no, no delirium in Berkeley. Could you address the, the consent calendar? This is not public comment on non-agenda matters. If, you, if you're speaking to item seven, speak to item seven. Well, this relates to it. Most of you are not. Please be up, get on top. Let the speaker decide. Well, I, if if I may continue, may I? You may continue if you speak to the consent calendar. Otherwise, we need to move on to the next speaker. And I'm going to enforce that rule for anyone, regardless of their point of view. We understand. Thank you. I'd like to speak on consent calendar uh, issue number 12. Uh, I love the Berkeley Free Clinic. The Berkeley Free Clinic has been providing me with uh, amazing healthcare programs that I do not have access to. Um, however, I do not think that it is fair that um, while we get to spend our tax dollars uh, for a Berkeley Free Clinic, uh, millions more of our tax dollars are going to actively uh, destroy Gaza uh, and the people inside of it. Um, and I don't think that it is fair that we get to, uh, that we have to be taxed uh, this amount, uh, yet the Berkeley Free Clinic only gets 15000 when there should be uh, more and there should be less for the funding towards the genocide to Gaza. Uh, thank you. Are there any other speakers on the consent yeah, calendar? This is on the consent calendar. It is, it is. All right. Yeah, yeah. We just in the city. What you have done there again, you betrayed us. City manager, you don't belong this job the way you did. You never called me once. That lady, whatever her name is, who again told me she's the worst employee ever had. It was the worst employee. We applied for the city three years ago. We have great credit. We have a lot of finances. You cause us all damage. I want to really consider we need to rent that space. It doesn't, I hate to think it is ethnic hate. A lot of like people. I'm born in Egypt. You're talking Don't about the lease, right? Yes. 25. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, reconsider, we need to move. Three years, a lot of our Probably two, three hundred thousand dollars. I've been very patient. The pandemic caused a lot of problems for all of us. The city of Berkeley lost about hundred or more businesses. The Brooklyn Cemetery. All of you doing something like this. This poor meter made cars to rob people of Berkeley. Second, that's all what you're doing. You should produce income from businesses that you shift out of the of the city. You should. Real estate is going to collapse. As I gave you that. I give you a favor today. We're going to have a huge collapse real estate very soon because as the property or the housing go high, wages are vanishing. Also in prison, why do you in prison? Why do you in prison? Because you destroy the education in this system in this country. This country around by them. I'm not telling you who are them, but they're them. Yeah, I want you, I want to be that place and it should be done. And vice mayor, you promised a couple of weeks ago you would help, keep your word. 
and I had from Mary Green bunch of email. It was very nice. Let's keep it as that. I'd be happy to print it to get, give it to my tomorrow. The last thing I would say, it is far better to have a smart enemy than a stupid friend. There's very good ancient Egyptian say. Netanyahu is the worst friend Israel has because it's so forfeiting the long-term survival of Israel. Totally forfeiting. Thank you. And we'll talk again. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to speak on uh, the calendar item number six. Uh, it says that we are trying to implement uh, yeah, a, uh, a safety program for Berkeley's very high fire hazard severity zone. Uh, while I think it's amazing that we can use our money and our resources to protect the amazing citizens of Berkeley, of course, we deserve protection from things like fire. I think it's atrocious that somehow we can't use something as simple as words uh, to say something like calling for a ceasefire for the people of Gaza who are currently being inflicted by fire and bombs and things much worse than fire, like white phosphorus. Uh, yeah, it's atrocious to me and completely indefensible that the people on this council are not calling for a ceasefire. Ceasefire now, people's resolution. Thank you. Council members, I'd like to address item 12 regarding the Berkeley Free Clinic, uh, clinic contract and funding. Recently, the Biden administration has chosen to strip UNRWA, funding, UNRWA of all funding because of suspected 12 bad actors out of the whole 30,000 UNRWA staff. That amounts to 0.04%. Had we held that precedent of proportionality to the police, they would have been defunded a long time ago. There are zero fully functioning hospitals remaining in Gaza. While this action on the consent calendar may fund a free clinic here at home, we cannot, in good conscience, fail to mention the horrors and utter lack of health care in Gaza, all while Israel continues to have subsidized health care from our tax dollars. If you do not call for a ceasefire today, the children of tomorrow are already dead. Call for a ceasefire now and free Palestine. Hi, um, I wanted to speak on item 12. So the Berkeley Free Clinic is amazing. Um, I have friends who work there. I myself am a part of healthcare. I'm an EMT. And I think it's so crucial that we spend more for our health healthcare. The amount here cannot exceed 150,000, which is crazy because we're spending way more than 150,000 on killing children. Um, and I, I don't want to speak prepared, but I wanted to just talk to you guys. Where's the transparency? Why aren't we like tell tell me why like you don't want to release a um, ceasefire resolution? Okay, what are your reasons? I I just I just want to ask genuinely um, if you think it's because it will increase more like I I, I genuinely just don't get it. Um, yeah, I think I think it's crazy that there's people dying every second, and all we're asking is for something that says please don't bomb kids. Um, I don't have a speech prepared. I'm just in shock. Please, please just be transparent with us. What's going on? Before my time starts, I just want to make a couple of comments to you, Jesse and the council. I think it's really terrible and not democratic for you to only give the public this whole room 30 minutes to talk on the consent calendar. 
What's wrong with you? Why can't you listen to us? Why? That's like ridiculous. And then you play this game on Zoom where you're on mute. You give us the mute and unmute button when we touch it and then you act like we're not unmuted and you can't hear us. That's like some BS that you're playing, but we got your number. So don't do it again. I don't know if it's the clerk's office or you, Jesse, but you need to cease and desist on that behavior. Now, back to the consent item 12. Berkeley Free Clinic does a lot for birth. Don't take the smirk off your face because this shit is not fucking funny, Jesse. Wow. We're here. I mean, I don't mean to curse. I'm sorry, but it's just so annoying the disrespect that you give to this community that you're supposed to serve. I want my time back too. I'm just gonna take it. Yeah. Clinic does a lot of work for Berkeley that the city of Berkeley does not do. They need to get more than $150,000. And you need to fund all these organizations that are doing the work of city employees should be doing. You need to fund all those um, organizations. And you need to stop playing games about the ceasefire because you've done so many things, apartheid, all kinds of things. The Ukraine, you've talked about all kinds of things. And just because it's Palestine, who's being discriminatory? Who's being racist? Uh -huh. Zionism is racism is hate. You guys don't even take the humanity and put it back into the equation just because they're Palestinian. That's pathetic, sad, and disgusting. We're in 2024. We have a freaking genocide going on, and you guys can't do anything about it. You should be ashamed of yourself. You think you come from, you talk to all these people that were involved in civil rights when you were a kid. Do you think that they're shining down on you with respect right now? You gotta remember all these people that are getting killed, they're and their ancestors now. Off topic and they'll now. take care of the Let's situation. Another way to silence us. I understand. But it, it's a little more than a coincidence that with the money that this city has, that you can't pay for a little bit of democracy. That's right. Um, I like my time back Mayor just took some of my time. I want to speak in favor of item 12 because item 12 is for funding the, the free clinic. The free clinic was born out of the struggle for people's part. The free clinic was born out of, out of medics from Vietnam who came to attend to those who were struggling and fighting for that vision. The Berkeley Free Clinic represents the best of Berkeley. It recalls a time 
when our priorities right. were about freedom, yeah. about peace. Yeah. Yes, we are an anti-war town. I don't know if you remember, but you grew up in an anti-war town, otherwise known as a town, a city that fought for peace. It's a lifestyle. It's a vision. And the priorities of this council, honestly, I, I don't know if you will represent the same Berkeley that I've spent 40 some years here. But the idea that, that we can't even discuss how we might live into a call for peace. We can't even discuss it, that this proud forum will not be used to further peace. Yes, I'm glad you can still fund the free clinic, but I'm so sad that you've let what happened at People's Park happen. And I hope you know that there are, when you count the park, I want you to count the five people who overdosed. Yes. The five people who have died since that border wall was put around People's Park. Many once have died, yes. But those five also need to be included. There was money for 100, 1,400 police officers, and this city has not spent a dime providing for that displaced population. Right. Not a dime. The inhumanity. I don't get what you stand for anymore. I have lost, I have lost the trail. It seems that you are determined to turn our city into an amoral bus stop for the privileged. Yes. So that they can come to Berkeley, get their kudos, get their R&D, little make their fellowships or their, their whatever employment opportunities. And now our city has no right to exist. So I'm glad that you have found it in our budget to fund the free clinic. But I'm telling you that it is a drop in the moral sea of what we need at this time, not just in Berkeley, but in our nation. So when we're funding surveillance, okay. while we have people dying under bridges, and I ask you to consider what more what Martin Luther King warned us about, that when we spend more money on police or military than on programs of social uplift, we are at risk of spiritual okay. death. Before we go to the next speaker, I move adoption of consent calendars with second. Second, no. Um, I'm here to speak about item number six grant application funding from California Department of Forestry Fire Protection, talking about Berkeley's fire hazard severity zone. Um, you know where else is a hazard zone right now? I have a very simple question for every single person in the room right now. I want you to raise your hand if you condemn the murder of innocent children, women, and men in Palestine and in Gaza right now. I want you to raise your hand. And I want you to see who in this room is raising their hand and which pathetic leaders that are supposed to represent us, that are supposed to uphold everything that makes this city a, a, a city of free speech. 
that they that they say is against hate speech. Let's see who's actually raising their hands right now. Nothing. Yeah, not one of you. Not one of you condemns the murder of innocent children, the murder of innocent women, the murder of innocent men. All of you. I think this says everything, and I think that when it comes to November, all of y'all are going to lose your seats because we've all seen today that you refuse to condemn murder, that you refuse to condemn hate. You are all pathetic, and you are all losers. What are you laughing about, Harry? speak or not um well i just wanted to talk about the item regarding surveillance on high-risk streets um as you know over surveillance leads to the support that's on the action calendar huh oh that's on the action calendar well that being said you have to doing a lot on the consent calendar with regards to safety concerns in light of people's parks the raid so on and so forth and um yeah, I just wanted to say that I represent the Black community and student government, and most of us are system impacted in some capacity. The Black community will be safer when us residents are not targets for racial profiling and when our streets are not data points for predictive policing tools. What is that? Please is that um, But that's not just our problem, is it? Because if you read the Amnesty International report, in addition to the constant threat of excessive physical force and arbitrary arrests, our Palestinian brothers and sisters must contend with the risk of being tracked by algorithms, barred from entering their own neighborhoods, assaulted and attacked based on information and um, stored in discriminatory surveillance technology. Israel is using these tools to supercharge segregation and automate apartheid against Palestinians. Mm. How is this acceptable in any capacity? Mm. How can you not unequivocally condemn this cruel government and its numerous internationally called out crimes against humanity? We cannot give this government any iota of money. I come from a system impacted family. My uncle was shot 52 times because he had a schizophrenic episode. Imagine what it's like in Israel. That is nothing compared to what is happening to Palestinian women, children, and people with disabilities in Israel. Please take a stand. Support the ceasefire resolution. It's called the People's Resolution for a reason, and you're a democratically elected person, and that is your obligation. Thank you. Thank you. I want everyone to know what I'm doing because yeah, I'm, yeah, because I'm really kind of tired of us not following the the ordinance, um, and we really need to start obeying these rules that we have. That's fine. So I'm, yeah, I hear you. I'm saying that Councilmember Harrison is registering a no vote on item one. Right. I am because I'm very concerned that we do not have the waiver form. Pull it off, Thank you. Okay, with, with, with recording that vote, is there any objection to approving the consent calendar? Hearing no objection, the motion carries unanimously. 
We're going to take a uh, 10 minute recess and we'll be back to get to the action now.
the revised material from Councilmember Humber. Is there a second? Okay, the question is on accepting the revised material from Councilmember Humber on item 29. Please call the roll. Okay, uh, Councilmember Kaplan. No. Kaplan. No. Bartlett. Yes. Harrison. Uh, pass. Okay, uh, Harrison passed on. Yes. Weingraff is absent. Uh, Humper. Yes. And Mayor Eric. Yes. Uh, motion does not pass. And then, uh, yes, thank you. Um, uh, motion still, still fails. Okay, well, uh, typically we give our clubs courtesy of accepting former Councilor Davila. We give our clubs courtesy of accepting the material. It means we have the Councilor to report a no vote, wish to change the vote. I don't know whether it's okay. If not, then this was up before us, certainly in yeah. order for, for, for the council to make any sort of uh, motion or amendments to the So, this item was submitted by Councilor Humber and Councilor Bartlett. I want to turn the floor to Councilor Humber to provide any open comments. Um, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Since Council has already discussed similar cameras before, I'm, I'm going to try to be brief and not retread the ground we covered earlier and before actually I was on Council. The idea of this item uh, is that it would be substantially similar to the security cameras item that we passed before, which included 10 locations. This would seek to create a priority list of six additional locations for funding in the next budget cycle with pre-approval for another list of locations that could be funded during future budget cycles. I believe the item especially is amended in our first supplemental it is consistent with the surveillance ordinance, the various surveillance technology reports, and the BPD law enforcement manual. As we described in a revised item, the surveillance ordinance explicitly requires reports for different different surveillance technology types. And since these cameras would be the same type as previously approved, we feel that these cameras could be procured under those previous reports. Additionally, both the municipal code and the BPD manual identify council as the ultimate deciding body with respect to surveillance technology. And the BPD manual even says that security cameras are allowed not only in the locations listed, but at additional locations approved by council. Even so, we received communications from the Police Accountability Board indicating that they would like to conduct a 30-day review and have the opportunity to have updates made to pertinent reports. Since this is a budget referral and wouldn't happen immediately anyway, we thought that in the interest of maximum transparency and engagement, to incorporate this request into the supplemental and to send the item to PAP for 30 day review and refer it to the city manager so they can make updates to the surveillance technology reports. Since we're taking these extra steps now, we thought it would also be appropriate to add additional locations 
to the item so that we would have a more comprehensive discussion and be prepared to install additional cameras in the future without the need to necessarily repeat this process. So we added some future locations for pre-approval, but not for funding at this time. These are locations identified by DPE. That way, a future council could approve them under a future budget without additional 30-day review and reporting. <laughs> However, it also came to our attention, uh, Council Member Bartlett's in mind, that some of the additional location we had suggested might require some additional consideration and discussion, specifically the downtown locations. So we elected to do a sub three to remove those locations for now. That was the sub that did not pass just this, this moment. Was not accepted because we needed a two thirds majority. Now that I've covered the process, I want to speak to what to pursue these additional camera locations. The first thing is robberies, violent robberies, and 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 the word robbery implies violence because it's a, a crime against the human being. Robberies are up thirty plus percent. Please let me speak. Robberies are up thirty plus percent. And many perpetrators are focusing on older women. No one deserves to be mugged, but physically attacking older women is particularly heinous. Our elderly residents are especially vulnerable because even a minor injury can be debilitating or life-threatening. An 80-year-old woman and her niece were violently mugged at Alcatraz and College, and the muggers came back later that night to steal her car on a nearby street. This follows other similar attacks in the Rockridge and South Elmwood areas and in the area that is the, the margin between um, my district and the district of Councilman Department. This is, to me, completely unacceptable. And similar things are happening elsewhere in the Elmwood in the city. Just last night, um, as I was working on this, I received notice that there was a, there was a serious violent mugging at College in Russell. And the victim ran to the firehouse there after being attacked. The people we represent will not tolerate this and they expect us to act. The police department, BPD, has previously discussed how there are key corridors that are foci prime or key entry and exit points to the city. Based on these past and subsequent discussions, we proposed additional areas for cam camera installation. Cameras at these locations could help identify known suspects and can also, frankly, act as a deterrent. We know this works from evidence and studies that were presented previously to this board. And we also see it from recent events where a private security camera was key catching the suspects in the mugging of the 80-year-old woman that I just mentioned. Initially, we had proposed to install only additional cameras in districts 3 and 8. But I heard loud and fear from my neighbors that they don't just stay in the neighborhood where we live all the time, or where they live. And they feel they want to feel safe throughout the city that we all should. And yes, expanding these camera locations carries higher costs, especially if we move forward with a more aspirational list of additional locations. But these systems are a real multiplier for the effectiveness of our police officers who cannot be everywhere at all times. And the deterrent effect they can have reduces the number of crimes that our department has to respond to and solve. Finally, this really just builds on the practices 
that our police officers already engage in after a crime by knocking on doors and requesting footage from private cameras following them. But in these cases, with public cameras, we can position them for maximum effectiveness and we retain full control over their deployment and critically, what happens to the data that they collect. I think it is really essential that we have been so careful in controlling how and when the data from these cameras can be used. And that is one of the things that gives me so much confidence in this particular approach. So all that said, I'm open to questions and further discussion. And I ask that my fellow council members please consider supporting our item as most recently revised. Thank you. Council Member Bartlett. Uh, thank you. This, this mic does not work, right? No, right. just speak up. So I have to project. We have oh, sorry. What do you say? Apparently, you weren't paying attention. Once again, <laughs> former Councilor Davila, please. Please. Yeah, so, yeah. Like you said, when you were on the council, I don't think you appreciate people talking to you like that. While you're, while you're oh, you did it every meeting. <laughs> Councilor Bartlett, I'm going to interject. I remember how to do that. Uh, you know, so. When I shared the Public Safety Commission, uh, Kensburg Taplin brought forward the Ken's policy, uh, and this and this was after uh, we had installed cameras at the park in West Berkeley, it's in Bevel Park, uh, and we did an 18 month long process. Uh, now, sometimes opposed to it, sometimes with it, we landed on a good policy that everyone accepted, uh, and so I kind of forgot about it until uh, a number of constituents of mine, one one stretch of Woolsey. Uh, Woolsey and Shaddocks uh, were subjected to very, very violent, vicious attacks. And they were all women, and usually over the age of 70, uh, beaten very horribly and very traumatically with severe injuries. And this had happened before, a number of years ago, where a younger woman was attacked in the same fashion and was rendered uh, mentally incompetent due to the fractures to her skull. And the brain damage, she had TMI, she had brain injury. And she lost her job and became homeless as a result of the attack here. So, this strip there has been a problem strip for a while. Uh, we, we focused on it, we've asked for help there. Uh, but it's, a, it's an industrial strip, not a lot of light, long thoroughfare that for some reason is very attractive next to the bar station for attacking older women with pistols in their faces. Uh, so, uh, when, when this camera policy was finalized and the neighbors called and asked for help, the women asked for help, uh, I responded. And so my intention was to get some coverage over there, uh, right on right on Shattuck and Woolsey, going up to Telegraph, because after they keep getting assaulted. And again, these assaults are horrific, uh, great, grave bodily harm assaults uh, on women. And so as someone who's here to protect my district and protect my my people, it was a no-brainer. So um, I'm hoping we can just get this going and uh, get some coverage over there to prevent. And also, as someone who authored the George Floyd Act, it's not lost on me that the future of policing is less about a badge and a gun and less about uh, heavy interaction with soldiers and people, uh, but it's more sophisticated, smart policing, focus on healthcare, focus on upstream solutions that are the ceasefire of the world, but also uh, 
the light interdiction and investigation techniques like this one, because we're not going to put a substation on one block and that can be the 24-7, but these assaults happen day and night. So that's my, my hope is that the council uh, will hear the cries of the women in my district asking for help. Councilor Hahn. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, thank you. So um, obviously, violence against uh, any people in Berkeley is a serious concern of mine. And um, I will speak on this item as a woman who has been the victim of a heinous violent crime in Berkeley. So I just want to put that out there because not everybody's response to that is the same. Um, when this item was first put forward, um, there were many elements of it that um, I found quite alarming because I believe that we can have safety and civil liberties. We don't have to pick one or the other, we can have both. And as originally presented, there were so many problems in terms of, of circumventing our uh, ordinance explicitly, um, just completely unacceptable for me. And we do, we do have an ordinance. Uh, we have an ordinance that tells us that we can thoughtfully and um, rationally evaluate things and subject them to rules and regulations. And then we might choose to use surveillance technologies in one or another situation. And so devoid of that um, really was very concerning to me. Um, which is why I put in a supplemental basically saying, okay, let's move forward study of these proposed locations, but let's do it in conformance with our code and the law and legal opinions and all the other things that apply um, when we are going to deploy surveillance technology. Um, the supplemental, uh, which came in, uh, the author's supplemental, which came in, has a ton of changes, but it is not clear to me that it still complies uh, with our code. And that is something that I want to get an opinion from, from the city attorney, because that is who I get my legal advice from. Uh, so I wanted to ask the city attorney, has she had the opportunity to issue any opinion in writing um, regarding uh, that the Humbert um, Bartlett supplemental and whether it actually cures the many deficiencies of the original item? Uh, we have had an opportunity to um, issue an opinion on the original item. Haven't had an opportunity to. We we have reviewed the supplementals, but we haven't done any amendments okay. on the supplementals. However, the recommendation um, we believe is is compliant. The recommendation, and is that something that you're ready to issue a written opinion about? Because okay, sure, it's it's important to me to have it in writing. Um, yes, we could 
very important to do that. It would take one out of day or so. Okay. So, I mean, that that is something that I would like to see before I vote um, on this. Um, I think we need to follow not just the letter, but also the spirit of our ordinance. And um, it, it doesn't uh, feel to me like this um, does both. Um, I wanted to draw attention to a letter that we received from Berkeley Law, um, which is signed by uh, 14 distinguished faculty members at the School of Law and in other departments at UC Berkeley, um, objecting to the um, attempt to circumvent the ordinance. And um, we also have a letter from the Police Accountability Board raising a lot of concerns as well. And I wanted to just read from there. Um, section 299 of the Berkeley Municipal Code requires a thoughtful process regarding the procurement and use of surveillance technology that carefully balances the city's interest in protecting public safety with its interest in protecting the privacy and civil rights of its community members. It also calls for transparency and balance. What we have now, I didn't count the number, it's a very large number of locations. I have no idea what the basis is for their selection. Um, it is not presented in the item. Um, every single location, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 locations. I personally would need to have an analysis of every single location so that I could evaluate every location independently. And I don't have that here. I also see at least one location in my district, which is very surprising to me because I was never consulted. And as a council member, I would think that before somebody suggests doing something like this in my district, that at a minimum they would consult with me, let alone to actually maybe have a community forum or consult with the community, let alone look at data. So we, we have put some cameras out in Berkeley, but I have not seen a report on their effectiveness. Um, so there's a lot of information here that's missing for me. I just want to say that I do think technology can help us solve crimes, but I also know that surveillance can be extremely pernicious. And I believe in the spirit of the policy that we have, which is that we need to act with care and thought and analysis as we bring and expand or consider expanding or consider contracting. Um, the use of that technology. So I do have a couple of questions. Um, my first question is for the city manager. Um, city manager, could you, it's not super clear to me exactly what kind of cameras are intended here, but I kind of get the sense of what they are. Could you tell me what the current locations are where those cameras are currently deployed? We currently only have one camera deployed. And we do have a team on that can share with you the exact location of that camera. 
one camera is deployed and she's going to share the location. One camera installed at this time. She's sharing the location. We only have one. And I will have the team get on and answer any other questions you have about the actual location. Great. So, so I'd like to know the location of this camera. One camera. Yes. Uh, I'd be happy to answer that question. So um, just to clarify, we do have fixed cameras at San Pablo Park and in the marina. Um, those were existing cameras. As far as a fixed surveillance camera in an intersection um, that was a result of the council directive from Council Member Taplin's item, the uh, installation process is ongoing, but we the only location that has a camera currently installed and active is University and Sixth. Okay, and are there others that are being installed right now or that are coming forward in intersections or is that the only one? So if you recall, um, there's a list of 10 locations that's, that was part of the original council item. Um, and so we're working through what the next locations are, um, understanding uh, that we need to get into uh, public works' queue for work um, and identify the next locations. And there's some permitting issues that we'll be working through. Um, for some of the locations, but uh, I'm happy to provide council the full list if, if they have interest of it. Um, it is part of our uh, use policy, policy 351, um, and it is also part of the original council item. Um, do you, have you reviewed all of the locations that are being proposed here today? I have. I've seen the list. Okay, and and. Do you have data about each of those locations you can share with us? Um, I, and maybe just a, if, if you may, a point of clarification around the uh, positioning of, of cameras. So the cameras were never intended um, solely to capture a crime that might occur at that exact location. Uh, the point of the cameras was understanding that um, there's uh, routes of travel that individuals that commit crimes have to take to get in and out of our city. Um, and there's major thoroughfares that vehicles use. And then there's also locations where uh, we, we get high volumes of calls for service. Um, so looking at the list, I see a number of um, uh, high call volume areas. I see a number of ingress and egress uh, positions that um, would, would supplement where we envisioned that the flock cameras would go. Uh, one of the areas that we were... Uh, not covering in that first brush of uh, camera installation locations was um, some of the other arterial locations um, and some of the um, areas where we knew people might leave or come into our city and knowing how valuable having not just an, uh, an ALPR reader to tell us that a stolen vehicle passed by, but also being able to capture uh, an image of who that driver was um, could be very valuable for investigations. So it's interesting, these were just presented yesterday but you've already had the opportunity to evaluate all of them did you have someone available to quickly evaluate or were you was the was the police department perhaps involved in originally identifying these locations and proposing them i'm just curious how you have so much information about each of these locations at this time so i i i've done i've been engaged in this work for 25 years i'm looking at uh, fourth and hearst fourth and virginia um, Fifth and Gilman, uh, I I know very well from my training experience. Those are regular or Cedar and East Shore. Um, those are regular paths of travel coming in and out of our city. Um, uh, you know, if you look at at the way people travel up and down and to get in and out of our city, um, 
And so I, did I do detailed data analysis on what crimes are occurring in each of those intersections? No, I did not, but I can look at them and, and tell you that those are, are, are major locations that would be good locations to place cameras. What about Shattuck and Vines, which is just around the corner from the mayor's office, the mayor's, the mayor's home, the council member Harrison and mine. Um, so we're all very familiar with that location. What, what, what got that on the list? I think about how you would travel if you were going through uh, that commercial district or coming from Solano's commercial district and traveling um, to go either towards BART or um, to exit the city. That might be a, a, a place that you would regularly travel through. It's a major intersection in that sense. Um, you're leaving a, a heavily uh, frequented uh, commercial area where people come and dine and shop. Have there been, um, and has there been an increase in violent crime in that area? Is there some statistic? You said high call volume. Is it high call volume in general or high call volume for violent crime? I, I, I have not dove into these locations. Like you said, they, they just made this up um, yesterday. I haven't dug into each of those individual intersections to tell you what the call volume load is and what kinds of crimes um, occur at each of those intersections. But again, it's not necessarily about that exact intersection. It's about capturing um, where offenders might be traveling, coming to and from areas that they would regularly frequent. So if you look at these, um, it's uh, the, the edges of commercial districts where we have a lot of residents um, and visitors to our city that come in. Um, it's uh, uh, regular thoroughfares that people would come in and out of our city. Um, and that's just me looking at them. Like I said, if, if you had asked me to pick some locations, these are, these are great locations. Would I have more or maybe some different ones? Sure. Um, but uh, this is a, a very robust list that would cover a lot of the spots that um, would capture uh, or, and provide us a visual way to protect people that are coming to those areas to do to do business or, or frequent. So it sounds like pretty much any location on a major thoroughfare would be viewed as um, a good location by BPD. Is that what I can surmise? That we don't necessarily have to do analysis. Um, I. I I, it's my district, so I do know there's, there was only one instance of gunfire in that immediate vicinity. And that was actually a police officer who shot at a vehicle in the CVS parking lot. And I believe that police officer was relieved of their duty to the city. Um, I'm not aware of any other recent gun incidents in that vicinity, I'm wondering if you have different data. That you can yeah, I, I guess I would share that um, there's been a significant rise in sexual assaults, uh, commercial uh, robberies, uh, street level robberies. Uh, they uh, are uh, often occurred along the Loney Greenway. Um, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, an environment where you have a lot of people that are out later in the evenings um and, and frequenting restaurants and and uh businesses like i said there you've uh, you're also very near uh, paths where people travel to get to bart stations where people exercise when people are coming off a of campus from late classes and going back to their residences uh so it's not just robberies it's not just violent it's not just uh gun related violent crimes um and again it's it's not necessarily saying that at that intersection there's we're going to capture the crime happening it's that we think these are regular routes of travel that people that are either coming in to find a victim, 
um, or um, are escaping after they have done some harm to someone in our city would be traveling. Okay, well, I guess it sounds like we could pretty much do anything anywhere on any artery or collector street, and that would be viewed as a beneficial location. But um, that, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Um, I appreciate your responses. Um, thank you very much. Uh, let me see if I have any other questions. Um, Do you have any data from the location that you already have where it's been deployed? How, how long has that camera been deployed at that intersection? Yeah, in, interestingly enough, there's, you know, we talk a little bit about um, the data and what's the data going to tell us about cameras. Um, and one of the things I found really interesting is we first started, started talking about installation of fixed cameras um, early last year. Um, and the council item was passed. And I don't think that um, those who come to our city to do harm track our council process as closely as the rest of us do. So I don't think that they knew we didn't install yet. Um, but what I did notice was there was a drop in the number of shootings we had last year. And I think one of the ways we tell whether our cameras are effective as a deterrent is whether there's a reduction. And so one thing we look at is the possibility that um, that reduction or drop in shootings was because people knew that there were cameras up or thought that there were cameras up throughout our city and therefore avoided coming or engaging in that behavior in our area. Now that's an absence of information, right? That's an app, it's a drop. So to, can you prove that the drop um, was driven by cameras existing or not? That's a challenge. Um, I can tell you that uh, the camera that we've had at University in six has been active since November of last year. Um, our uh, robbery and homicide detectives have looked at that camera five times um, in relation to shootings and crimes of violence. Um, as far as at least two of those cases, I can't talk about further details about what they discovered, but um, we know it's a valuable tool. And um, having the ability to follow up those investigative leads and to either clear or confirm alibis um, or to identify vehicles or identify drivers um, is really a critical component. And Again, it's it's one of those things that's like we know every little piece of the step of our investigative process can have value. And in an individual case, uh, we might know it, not know exactly how much value it has, but something like, hey, uh, we know that car didn't pass that camera um, can allow us to eliminate a whole avenue of work that our detectives have to engage in. Uh, and so, um, I, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see the data as we begin to look and know how, how long those cameras have been out. But it will be, it may not be a satisfactory um, production of answers to drive our, our, our decisions because we, in some cases, it's a deterrent. We just, we just don't have, we, the thing didn't happen as a result of the camera. So is there any number of cameras in Berkeley that you would object to? It sounds like almost every intersection by this line of argument would be a good place for, for a camera. Um, why not put another one at Cedar and Shattuck? Um, and then Hearst, I think. Um, how about Oxford? Um, I, I don't know. I'm trying to understand what the, what the criteria is here. From what you're saying to me, it sounds like we might there's no limit to the number of cameras that um, that could be useful to the police department. Is that 
Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say that. I don't think I would ever, you would ever hear me say that cameras belong throughout our entire city or that we would need them. Um, it's, uh, you know, my, my responsibility is to provide the council with good data and um, the expertise that I can provide from my position and um, the expertise that my detectives raise up and let me know about the effectiveness of the tools. Uh, and, um, you know, the reality is, is you can't teleport to Cedar and Shattuck or Cedar in Sacramento, you have to come in from a certain place. Um, and so the idea is to strategically have enough cameras um, pointing at the right direction to capture, hopefully capture footage that um, solves a crime if a crime needs to be solved, but even better deters something from happening because people coming to our city know that people are paying attention. Chief, we need to move on. We have other councilors that are waiting anxiously to ask questions and speak. So uh, Councilor Hahn, if you can, we can come back to you if you have additional questions or want to continue, but people can keep their questions and responses brief. I have one last question that the chief can answer with a yes or no. Were you consulted about these any of the locations in any of the items, the original or the supplemental, prior to their being filed? Just yes or no. I've been consulted on locations by several council members, yeah. Over over the last year and a half. Okay, but not not recently. In conjunction with this. No, I absolutely spoke with the council members about uh, how I would, if I looked at locations, how I would make decisions and what, from an investigative standpoint, would make sense. That's the same thing I just shared with you. Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. Okay, we'll come back to you. No, it's okay. Councilor Harris. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you, Councilor Rahan. Those were some of my questions as well. I mean, of course, we all want to fight crime with every effective and fiscally responsible tool at our disposal. And the horrific crimes that occurred on the street in District 8 are just, it's just unbelievable. I mean, attacks outside of Ashby Bart have to be addressed with the best tools that we can find. Um, I want to thank Councilor Rahan for referencing the surveillance ordinance and the lawsuit settlement in her comments here. I'm going to make a lot of comments about that. Um, and for asking city manager to provide a comprehensive report on why and where we were putting cameras, which is in fact required by the surveillance ordinance, which very clearly states, and I'm pulling this up, that the city manager has to place an item on the action calendar. And that's what we have before us today. Um, and embedded in the surveillance ordinance is the idea that we're going to do an investigation of whether they're affected and where they're affected. So um, I just want to say, first of all, I have concerns about the amount of money that this entails. As the mayor said last week at, at last week's revenue, there's only so much money in the budget. And we have to approach policing and public safety with an eye towards what is effective. I'm not yet sure the cameras are that tool, but I agree to approve the budget item for a limited camera program with a subsequent study. That was in the item from Dr. Chaplin. Um, or in select locations in March of 2021, and that costs about $1.3 million for software costs. I think in the end, we reduced that to $650, if I recall, right? Because it turned out the cost of us. Um, but in any event, I agreed to do a pilot. I wanted to see what the effectiveness were of these cameras. These technologies are always under surveillance ordinance, a pilot every single time, every single year, because the council has to, under the ordinance, provide oversight and consider effectiveness over time. We can pull these at any time. We're asked to continually evaluate effectiveness, not just once. There's only one camera that's been installed at six in the university. 
It's impossible for us to have done any due diligence. Captain Tate made that clear at the PAB last week when she was asked. She said that no analysis of the efficacy of that time was yet been conducted because it just got put up. So she, there, we don't have any data. Is essentially the answer. We've heard possible kinds of data, but we really do not have data. Um, we're about to face a huge budget deficit in the state, a little less than they thought a month ago, but still enormous. And our budget is going to get cut too. And yet we're being asked to put another million and a half dollars. This is in the original item from, from the two council members. Um, and we will then spend $3 million, which I announced a lot because it's only six fifty, two and a half million dollars, sorry, on hardware. An untold amount by city staff and outside contractors, and six hundred thousand dollars in ongoing maintenance and software costs. That doesn't include the additional ALPRs, which are about four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. But they're two-year grant. The three million dollars, that three million dollars needs to be evaluated on in light of other possible spending approaches for public safety. What would this money pay for? We could hire seven additional police investigators, detectives to solve crime. One of our biggest problems, and I've heard this repeatedly from the department, is we have inadequate investigatory staff. So even if we had a camera and something were captured, we need someone to investigate it. We could hire seven investigators. We could hire 10 beat officers on patrol, 10. We could hire 30 non-police emergency responders under the Community Emergency Response Network or a similar model. We could fund all of our reimagining ideas. The um, antecedents of crime that we looked at with the Universal Basic Income Pilot from Councilmember Taplin, we could fund that. We could fund the community, Department of Community Safety, the Burke Dot Development, the Hearing Officer Alternatives to Fines and Sanctions. And even after all of that, we could also fund additional catalytic converter etching tools, which help us discover who's buying these pieces of equipment, community focused violence programs like those in Richmond. No one likes to look at Richmond as a model, but the Chronicle does. And just this weekend, they talked about the Office of Neighborhood Safety is focusing on disrupting patterns of violence through reentry programs, youth initiatives like the Richmond yeah. Promise Club program. The launch of those programs, they have data, which we don't seem to have. The launch of those programs coincided with a sizable reduction in violent crime, and they have the statistics to prove it in Richmond. We know that these alternatives work. We could also hire downtown safety ambassadors, something I've been asked to do by the DBA. They would like just, I know some people no, love that, no, but no more. we could hire, no let's say it's not with DBA, we could hire people to walk people in their cars. <clears throat> we could do a ton with environmental safety. One of the things we're missing, a, a woman wrote to us today in support of Councilor Barber's need to the, the original item, the four. Um, what we could do in addition to that is a lot of environmental stuff like lighting. She said, in addition to needing police and cameras, we need lighting and we need other things that are going to help us with that. And that's about $3,000 for lighting. Um, okay, so that's all of what we would have could pay for otherwise with the original request. The la latest supplemental asks that we pre-approve camera installations on an additional 18 intersections. At a projected cost, I'm just doing the math here, of four and a half million dollars plus a million. And yet, we can't find $500,000 for the DD domestic violence shelter that was requested by the Commission on the Statute. So I'm, I'm concerned about the locations, particularly because some of them are in, in my district and in places that I don't consider the cameras to be our best approach. I'm, I like the bike patrol despite recent problems there. I like the idea of, of community policing, and I wish we would put more resources into that. 
Um, and then my other question is, why shouldn't other business districts like West Berkeley we, not be considered? We're getting, we're getting cameras. Okay. Yeah. Um, crime is high there as well. I don't think my district should be preferred over West Berkeley. I think you have a worse crime problem than, than we do. Um, so I don't like doing this this way. I don't like saying, well, we might need these four cameras, or we might need cameras at 18 intersections, and now you have other valid needs in your districts as well. I want the city manager to come back with an analysis of what the best locations are, as is requested in the requirements for those ordinances. Um, I also want to highlight that Public Works has a lot of vacancies right now, as you know, and they are the people that put up the cameras, and that's why we only have one camera right now. It's not completely to install the cameras. Um, and in fact, the Public Works director cited the lack of staff capacity as reasons for the slow rollout. So we don't need this money today, right now. Um, okay, so that's all of my, my financial piece. And also, we have obligations under the surveillance ordinance, and I just want to thank Chris Wiggins and wherever you are in the world for passing this incredibly important policy. First of all, the policy requires we look at effectiveness. Information that helps the community assess whether the surveillance technology has been effective in achieving its identified outcomes. I'm not sure we have that. And benefits to the community of the surveillance technology used according to the surveillance policy. Do those benefits outweigh the cost? What are the costs for civil liberty? And we don't have that before us. So I cannot answer any of those questions. Um, in addition to that, it's very clear that the um, PAB is required. It's not nice that we're giving it to the PAB. The use policies as passed BPD policy 351 requires that locate, list locations for cameras. They need, when we change use policies, it must go to the PAB. It's not voluntary to go to the PAB. Um, and um, I think that's just a misunderstanding of the, of the role on that. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about very briefly is that the Urban Institute, I think, has been misquoted. They said at great length that cameras that are monitored might reduce crime. So some a crime occurs right in front of that camera, and someone is seeing it at the time, the police can come and, and chase after that person. But the cameras that are unmonitored just lead to the need for investigators, and they actually do not lead to the solution more crime. Um, so we all know that like the Tyre Nichols case is always raised as cameras are fabulous because they captured this event of police killing someone. But that's because the monitor back in the police chain station changed the angle of the camera for that police officer. It was monitored with um, cameras. So I'm just really, I really also finally want to say that I think this item should have gone to a policy committee as a major item. When we had TOBA before us, I put forward a budget request I was told at first we had to do the policy, and people can vote down the policy. I'm not saying people have to vote for TOPA, but I was told you have to do the policy first before you get the budget. And we do not have the policy before us because that has to be done by you. Um, so having said all of that, I always usually respect my colleagues' right to propose items, and I was sort of gonna just abstain and let it go to the budget process when it was a few intersections where we have demonstrated crimes. I also have a sympathy for transit corridors, like outside the National Park, where there's large gatherings. You see this at like um, the BART station, Amtrak. They may have a special case, but if you imagine a camera on a series of, of intersections, it has to capture the crime on that exact intersection. 
Why would the perpetrator see the camera not mug that person half in one thing? I just don't see how these fixed cameras help. It's better on cars because the cars move around, the police car. So I have just real concerns about these fixed cameras. I hope all of these issues will be further daylighted by the PAD. Um, and I just think then we got this supplemental, which is where I really got concerned, which added a lot of intersections, which I don't see justification for. So I'm respectfully, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote no and wait till this comes back from the PAB. That doesn't mean I don't think we ever need cameras. Sometimes we need cameras. We do. I mean, and we did in San Pablo Park, we did in the corporation yard, we do at the police station, and we might at one of these intersections, especially if there are traffic area, a lot of people moving back and forth. But I don't know that right now. And my job under the surveillance ordinance is to balance costs and benefits and based on evidence given to them by the plan. I don't have a one. So that's that's sort of my those are my comments. I'm sorry I haven't gone on this such length, but it's an important issue to me. And I think it reflects our really desperate and understandable desire to help our constituents with this crime problem, but it also undercuts what we said we were going to do to reduce violence. We're not doing those things, and yet here we are spending this money on this. Thank you very much. Councilor Taplin. Hi, uh, thank you. Um, we are doing those things. We just passed this big, huge reimagining next phase. Yeah, we no, we did. Let's not interrupt each other, please. Um, that being said, uh, Mr. Mayor and, and my, my colleagues who are authors, um, I don't think this has to come to the policy committee because it's not a new policy, but I would be happy to review um, draft locations or the uh, acquisition reports once those are coming forward. Um, you know, after PAP reviews, be happy to agendize I mean, we're out of sync with the cycle, unless it's a with the freeze, but I, I do want to offer mm -hmm. offer that. Um, I did want to talk about the downtown locations. Um, we've been hearing from a number of downtown businesses, some of some of them for years on end about some of their security concerns. Um, the sub the subcommittee, which is not on the table tonight, did uh, mention that there might be some possible um, other responses for the downtown. Um, at some point, I would like to hear from my colleagues um, or whomever what those approaches might be. I recognize we are doing a lot of um, innovative things with the reimagining. Um, we do have um, businesses, residents who have immediate property crime and violent crime concerns, but we do have the uh, ability to address in a material um, responsive manner. So I do want to thank my colleagues, Councilor for being responsive to your constituents. Um, yes, my my district has has a number of challenges. Um, these challenges are not are not um, exclusive to districts. Um, we, all of our, whether it's a commercial neighborhood or a residential neighborhood or, or, or a school district or whatever, everyone deserves safety and our residents and our, our businesses and our, our guests and patrons and everyone deserve um, the full suite of uh, responses that we have available. Uh, Councilor Kisser, one. Then I'm going to jump in. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, thank you to Council Members Umbert and Bartlett for this item. Um, many, almost all of my questions have already been answered from other Council Member questions. I did just want to ask one question on the 6th and University camera location. 
Uh, Chief Lewis, if you're still available, did, did I hear you correctly that that camera was installed in November of last year, so three months ago? That's correct. Okay, and, and in the three-month period then, uh, our, our police officers have have uh, consulted the footage, you said five times. I know you said you couldn't really speak about the specifics of those, but but in five instances, that footage, um, I, I can't necessarily say useful, but it was something that was that was relied upon to help investigate. Uh, they were they were viewed related to either robbery or shooting investigations. So they were you they were they it was felt that that um, evidence that that camera might have captured would be relevant to that kind of investigation. Okay, and that was the case for all five instances. It was either robbery. that's correct. That's correct. And you know, I, I, and because that is in District One, I know we haven't had five shootings in District One, uh, so so we can safely assume that these are this was an exit route, as you noted, for for a shooting that took place elsewhere in the city. And yeah, I, I don't want to uh, speak to um, something about an ongoing investigation, but I think that would be a very accurate assessment or conclusion to draw from that. Okay. Okay, so, th so that is very compelling to me. Of course, I, I do understand what Councilmember Harrison is saying about not having the benefit of seeing the results of all the cameras, but I think just even in the last three months to know that um, this footage was looked at five times in the cases of robberies and shootings, yeah, th those are pretty serious crimes, especially the shootings. And I, I do wanna speak for my district uh, you know, we have the REI that gets hit repeatedly with commercial robberies. We have stores all along Fourth Street that repeatedly get hit. Um, there are customers in these stores when these commercial robberies are taking place. And, you know, I'm really concerned about, about them. And, and I'm not sure that um, what we're doing on the reimagining directly addresses this phenomenon. Of, of these very brazen commercial robberies that keep occurring. And I also want to acknowledge the violent, very disturbing crimes um, that occurred in Councilmember Humbert and Bartlett's districts, uh, you know, to which they are responding to. Um, you know, we, we've seen those types of crimes occur elsewhere in the city with, with older women being victimized. And I, I know that there are other approaches uh, I know we we are considering you know possibly some kind of escort program and things like that. But I think we I think there are value there's value in these cameras. Um, I know my constituents move around the city. We all go downtown at some point. We also know that um, people who come to our city to commit crime um, they move throughout the city. And so I'm very open to having a discussion about more locations. I I also know that this is. You know, I don't want to minimize the importance by saying it's a budget referral, but you know, the decision has not yet been made about uh, fully funding this uh, or, or funding it at this time. And so I, I think given that this is a budget referral, um, that it is reasonable uh, to to, uh, to move it through tonight. Um, so, so that's all I have on this. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. I, I just have a few questions um, around the uh, applicability of the surveillance ordinance to this particular item. So uh, last year, we um, 
uh, approved a um, use policy, then an acquisition report for, um, uh, and this was the result of a settlement we had reached for external fixed video surveillance cameras. Um, so the surveillance ordinance says that when you're acquiring the technology or using previously acquired and used technology, that you have to bring up, that you have to bring it to the police review commission or accountability board for them to review the policy and report. Then they have 30 days to write the recommendation, and that comes to the city council in a public and an open meeting for us to, uh, to take action on the policy and acquisition report. Um, you did that. Um, the majority of the council voted to approve um, uh, two policies, actually, with specific amendments, policy 351 and policy 1304. Um, and that policy, and I'm pulling it up, um, uh, says policy uh, 351, and it's also referenced in policy 1304, under section 351.3.1, placement review and monitoring, Camera placement only current locations approved the city council, guided by policy, the underlying purpose and strategy associated with the overall video surveillance plan. Um, uh, video down to the next paragraph camera placement includes existing cameras such as those located in St. Paul Park, the Brick Marina, and cameras placed in council identified and approved intersections throughout the city and potential future camera locations as approved by the city council. So when we adopted this policy, we said that the council may may consider adding additional locations, and that requires a, a vote of the city council to add those additional locations. So the policy's been adopted; it's been it's been developed, it's been reviewed by the path. They gave us their feedback. Um, this came to us. We took action. Policies in effect. The acquisition reports approved. Uh, it seems like the only additional step is the annual reports. About the use of the, of the technology, um, which we get on an annual basis per the ordinance. So I guess I don't understand why the surveillance ordinance would necessitate this going to the police accountability board to review an amended policy. I don't, it doesn't seem like the policy needs to be amended. We're just applying the policy in this case to consider additional locations. But I will acknowledge Councilor Humbert is recommending. That we, um, in the spirit of transparency, to get their input, do ask the police accountability board to review this and provide their comments within 30 days. I think that's appropriate. But I just want to establish the fact that my my reading of the law is such that I don't believe that it, it necessitates the path has to approve this particular item for us to take action. And specifically looking at uh, the municipal code. Uh, using new surveillance technology or using surveillance technology previously approved by the council for a purpose or in a manner not previously approved by the council. Well, the purpose in the manner is consistent with the policy that we have previously approved and is consistent with the purpose and manner that the council majority previously approved. Therefore, I don't see how chapter 2.99 requires that the police accountability board has to give us their recommendation and thus subsequently delay council's consideration of this action. In the spirit of transparency, however, I think the recommendation to provide the comments as we're moving forward to the next phase, you know, this is step one. There's step two is we have the budget for this and then bring contracts forward to approve in order to uh, install the equipment at a previous at an approved location 
it's certainly appropriate to get their input for any future implementation steps that maybe that we may take to effectuate the action council we take today. So I just want to address that issue. And just to say that um, you know, we had an extensive discussion about this um, about a year or so ago. And I think we landed on a good policy that balances protecting civil liberties and really limiting the, the, the use of this technology for very specific and important public safety and law enforcement purposes, but really limiting the use to make sure that we're not having mission creep, we're not you know, encroaching into people's privacy rights or civil liberties. I think we struck a good balance. So I don't know what more needs to be done. Certainly people don't support putting in cameras. They certainly have a right to not support this. And perhaps certainly in their opinion where they didn't want us to do this. But let's be honest here. I mean, the public safety challenges that we're facing here in Berkeley are not isolated to our city, they're regional. And it is absolutely appropriate to look at using this technology in a limited basis on entry and exit points to our city because crime knows no borders. And it is absolutely unacceptable that we have women who are being mugged and assaulted. It's absolutely unacceptable that we have residents who are being victimized. And so we have a responsibility as a city council to look out for the safety of our constituents. And we only have so many police. And so using a very focused law enforcement tool to assist in investigating crimes and to deter crimes. And look at what happened in San Pablo Park. There was a reduction in gun violence in San Pablo Park after we put those cameras in. And so I, as the mayor of Berkeley, I feel I have a responsibility to do everything that I can, to use every tool possible to keep my constituents safe. So I, I do support this. And with that, I'd like to make a motion. And I'm going to share a screen and try to piece it together from all the different supplementals. Make a motion that pursuant to Berkeley Police Department policy numbers 351 and 1304, the City Council approves the following additional locations for the installation of external um, fixed video surveillance cameras, signage, and increased lighting at the following locations, and refer the costs for acquisition of cameras lighting to the FY 2025 budget process. And these are the six locations in the, the Humbert Supplemental, Alcatraz and College, Wolsey and Telegraph, Wolsey and Shattuck, Alcatraz and Adeline, Alcatraz and Sacramento, San Pablo Gilman. These are once again on major intersections on the entry and exit points to our city and specifically respond to specific crime trends and areas where there is a clear criminal behavior that poses a risk to the safety of our residents. I also respect those council members who said that they need this resource to help keep their constituents safe. I respect and defer to the, the position and, and, the, and the authority and the autonomy of those council members who believe that, that this is something that they want for their constituents. Additional camera locations to be considered for future, for future, for potential future installation include these locations. These were the ones that were in the uh, supplemental. The cost for the installation and maintenance of cameras at additional authorized locations would be determined separately during future budget processes. Two, direct the city manager to engage with the police accountability board on this proposal and request their feedback to council within 30 days of submission. The council will take its comments into consideration during subsequent steps for a final approval for the purchase and installation of cameras at approved locations. 
Three, direct the city manager to prepare targeted amendments to various pertinent surveillance technology reports and policies in order to provide extra transparency beyond what is explicitly required by the BMC and Berkeley Law Enforcement Manual. Security camera footage would be used solely in a manner consistent, compliant with existing ordinances and the Berkeley Police Department's existing use policies as enumerated in the Berkeley Municipal Code and the Berkeley Police Department Law Enforcement Manual. The cameras are not intended and would not be used for continued surveillance purposes. Cameras should ideally be compatible with those already in use at some public park under the main contract amendments and those deployed at other intersections throughout the city. So I offer that as a motion. Second by Bartlett. <laughs> okay, Councilor Harrison. Yeah, um, I appreciate you asking about this legal question because that's what confuses me. The use policies as passed which we are required to go back to the PAB with use policies. That's part of your function. List these locations. And I, but I guess what you're saying, just so I can clarify, is it also has a sentence saying, and others as determined by council. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. But the right reason there. I have concerns about that is because I view this very closely as a pilot, because that's what the item set. And we were going to figure out not we add as we go along, but first we do an analysis and then we add. I also want to object to telegraphic light in a very vociferous way. I don't want that on the list. I think we've had enough agitation in the history. Yeah, okay, but I, I object to that. Um, I think telegraphic light should this one? Yeah, Oh, I didn't know that. I have what about five people who have overdosed? Violence. Um, yeah. So I, I just feel we're in a land of overreach here, um, but I do respect the people that originally came forward with, we have a desperate problem. If you were to limit it only to those ones listed, I might be able to, to abstain. But given now that you want to add these others as being, do I understand you correctly? You want to say sort of in the mix for future? To be considered for potential future. Yeah, I, I can't agree to that. I'm sorry. I just feel like we, we're going to have cameras on every single corner. We're going to end up like England, you know, and we can think that they have no crime. That is completely not true. That a huge crime problem. And I just want to read this one more time. I'm not saying I'm relying on ceasefire. Hiring seven additional investigators. Hiring 10 beat officers, 30 non police emergency responders. What are we doing? We don't know that this is the most effective tool. That's what's confusing to me. In addition to things like catalytic converter, etching, and the, all the other things we've been working on, I want you to know, Councilor Tavon, I so appreciate your effort last week. I'm not saying we're not doing anything on CSPAR because we clearly are. But even if we just looked at these things, we would have. A much more robust system. I'd like to expand the bike patrol to other neighborhoods. We have a dense city, and the idea that people are having to drive around in cars, police, is really dumb. If they're not a great crime fighting tool, it doesn't bring them close to the community. Um, and then finally, I want to say about my district, you sort of challenged me and you said, well, what about you know all this downtown crime? I am working on that. I don't come to your district and tell you what you should do with your merchants. That's so, not what I did. I didn't ask all what's having done on right. No, I, I invited you, you to now. say what your plan was I'm since speaking. I was in Mark's okay. Well, don't address me in that way. I'm speaking. Okay, well, you know what? I'm gonna read my other statement. Okay. What I want to say, though, is we are working with the Downtown Business Association on ideas, and we have a meeting, which Council Member Humber is kind of coming tomorrow, 
to talk about cameras at the Bart Plaza because, but those can be private cameras. We're not going to have to spend the money. You're, I feel like you're all saying, let's just do this and show we're doing something. We have business districts that can do this on their own. Danny Abrams could do it on his own. No one is telling him not to put cameras on businesses. I feel so badly for the businesses in Bart Plaza. They have been assaulted. I get that. But this is probably not going to solve their problem any more than if they just put up their own cameras. And if we had more beat police, and I, you know, I'm going to, I know nobody cares, but, you know, I do come out of the criminal justice system. And I feel like we just keep battering this around. We started in 1980 with Reagan, with the LEAA. We, we went for this entire crazy militarization and more and more equipment. Then after 9-11, same thing, went to my uncle-in-law's funeral in a tiny town in Texas, and there were 15 police cars and there were 12 residents. How come? Because, because it was paid for by the you federal government. people apart. Yeah. And we are just people apart. This, and then we're surprised that we get the same results. So I'm very upset. Um, so I'm going to vote no, but I'm going to read another statement, if I might. All right. Three people apart. Okay, I thought about this for a very long time, and I'm sorry to do this to my constituents, but I decided to resign from the Berkeley City Council. I could say what office holders usually say that they would like to spend more time with their family, but that is not the reason. Nor am I being harassed in any way to make this decision. I'm doing so because I believe Berkeley's processes are broken and I cannot in good times continue to serve on this body. The enormous impact of income and wealth inequality, predatory lending, increased corporate ownership and housing, and market displacement are complex issues that when daylighted make development interests nervous. Proposals require reasonable objective design standards, protect solar production, ensure adequate affordable housing, and prevent unerected commercial blocks without articulation have been rejected, even as they are adopted by dozens of other cities that build, like we do, a lot of housing. UC continues to master lease properties, which takes them off our tax rolls. Property owners were asked to support a significant bond last year, while fees paid by property owners and developers of residential rental buildings are discounted without justification. It is a cruel irony that as the Biden administration recasts our national dialogue away from four years of trickle-down economics, I hope you're all writing this down, Berkeley is relying on the market as the ultimate arbiter of everything. Climate change is an existential threat which requires and needs all our tools, solar panels and infill housing. The impact of the focus on private profits impacts how we do everything. The city is monetizing our waterfront has derailed the Kite Festival and the Free Mind Truth Park performances, has driven recreational activities like the Chess Club off our streets, and is not protecting or adding green space in any way. Green people are. Finally, well, yes. Finally, issues are presented as a morality play with those who disagree cast in the role of villains. Resident concerns about UC Berkeley's enrollment on impact on housing and city services are not adequately addressed. And this is, even though I believe in bikes, People with legitimate demands that there be public transit to access bars and commercial quarters are vilified. But we need to find alternatives to the combustion vehicle, not demonize those who are right now dependent on them. People engaging in a healthy debate about, and which just happened tonight, about which policing tools are effective at fighting crime while protecting civil liberties are derided as ideologues and busybodies. Ooh. One of my colleagues is very jealous. As I've said before, I know we consider quaint to highlight transparency, 
good government and engaging the community. I'm not interested in process for process sake, but our current approach does not reflect the skill or agility to develop the solutions we need to survive our climate, health, and inequality crises. We'll understand that the change is hard and must be implemented carefully. I wish you all the best, but I am resigning. Thank you. Let's take Let's take that. Let's take a bite of it. Recording
Recording in progress. I would suggest in the interest of time that I make a motion to establish a time on that period of the minutes on the item. Answer the one, one minute per speaker. Okay, the motion is to establish a 30 minute public comment period on the one minute first speaker, it's all wrong. Okay, Council Member, yes, 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 we just felt it's one minute. Okay. Um, we don't need surveillance cameras. Uh, I've been a victim of violent crime in the Bay Area, and it's mostly been by police departments around the area. Uh, that's been a pretty consistent factor. Uh, I think it's very important to, rather than look at fighting crime, fight the causes that makes people have to resort to that. Uh, we need safe injection sites. We need to decriminalize drugs. We need to help people. We don't need to police them as much. We all carry little portable surveillance devices that can be turned on anytime somebody wants to tune into us. They're called cell phones. I mean, we got to be real careful with this whole surveillance thing. You know, cops and cameras and deals with Motorola and many of these situations where there's uh, body cams or surveillance cams, the little app, they can all of a sudden become, uh, oh, what's that called? Uh, where facial recognition devices, please watch out for that stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I had some of the same questions about locations that have already been raised because there is crime citywide uh, now. So how do you identify these particular locations without an analysis? So the commission has staffs of women made recommendations, made a series of recommendations in uh, November that is going to council at your next meeting on the 13th. And that involves crime prevention strategies. Um, we had hoped it could go to Council Policy Committee, the Public Safety Committee for a dialogue and more public participation. But uh, given that those uh, that committee is on hiatus, we would be glad for it to go directly to Council because as we state in the recommendation, we want this to be considered in the budget process because crime is critical and women are being targeted, particularly the older women. 
Um, so our recommendation is about about safety escorts, expansion of rights to shares, uh, the safety escorts by young profit. Um, but if you I will, I will just say I was just verbally attacked by someone in the audience who said they didn't, I don't know this person, they don't need to hear my comment, and I said, we know what you're going to say, I said, you don't know what I'm going to say, um, and you say the same thing every weekend, and it's, it's just, this divisiveness is really unhealthy for our community. Yeah. Um, I do want to say that I'm really bummed that Kate resigned. And I'm really sorry. I think she's she's really held the torch here of accountability that I think this discount is really going to miss. And I think it's pretty reasonable for her to ask these questions about where's the evidence? <laughs> Why would you put more millions of dollars behind something that hasn't even proved itself the first time? You know, the approach what we're asking for is, is, is public safety, for us to think about public safety. And what that means is to look at how we're spending the money. Now, look, I'm an older woman. I've walked these streets. I don't have a car. I'm, I'm definitely in harm's way. So when you're talking about all this public safety, you're talking about my safety. I don't believe a police department, it's lost. We don't, we don't have faith in it. It's like, you'll gather all this evidence, but if you don't have competent investigators and people ready to put a solid case together against somebody who's actually attacking people, then what's the point? What is the point? Show us something that works. Don't be, don't be trying to take my gender, my older, my demographic, and saying that you're doing this for us, right? Show me what works. And we've been trying to tell you that there's a whole, you guys have stalled on a ceasefire, and I'm talking about violence prevention of all kinds, but there was supposed to have been a violence prevention program in this city. It's been years. And falling and stumbling and all this, so don't throw us this bone act like some cameras are gonna make me safe. What are you gonna do? You're gonna film them on their way out of the city? Great. That's hell. What does that do? You think we're so stupid? And meanwhile, millions of dollars go by. Millions of dollars that could lift our people up out of poverty. Millions of dollars that could be used for harm reduction and for drug abuse services that would actually save lives. So with all respect, you know, I, I, I think it's a just a bunch of bullshit. And you're trying to bullshit us. I don't appreciate it. Okay, first, I'm disgusted by your insistence on funding the displacement, dispossession, surveillance, policing, and brutalization of our most vulnerable community members in Berkeley, as well as the genocide of our community members in Gaza, and for the funding the survival needs we all deserve. Second, what we do to the earth, we do to women's bodies. The colonial occupation and genocide this city council actively supports in Gaza is antithetical to women's safety. This city council cannot claim to care about women's safety and support the genocide of colonial occupation at the same time. Responding to a conspiracy assault you plan to be working against, I would like to 
while you failed to call for an end to the genocide in Gaza. Surveillance does not keep us safe, and policing is not public safety. And the colonial occupation this city council endorses is vilely and irrevocably juxtaposed to the women's safety you audaciously and dishonestly claim to care about. And the surveillance surveillance occupation and genocide in Gaza cease fire now. House members, mass surveillance, civilian repression, and restrictions are core tenets of apartheid. There have been constant protests on Google and Apple campuses regarding Project Nimbus, a $1.2 billion contract for further surveillance and unlawful data collection on Palestinians, reported as such in The Guardian. Council members, mass surveillance is violent. Civilian control is violent. Occupation is violent. Resource control is violent. Colonialism is violent from people's part of Palestine. And yet you only condemn the response to such acts. Philosopher Michelle Foucault wrote that we witness oppression as a boomerang, first tested abroad and then enforced domestically. According to the sentencing project, nearly three-fourths of federal prisoners are nonviolent offenders with no prior history of violence. More personally, I myself have been a resident of Sacramento and have witnessed the harm of pervasive surveillance. In 2023, Sacramento Sheriff Jim Cooper was caught illegally sharing license plate reader data of abortion seekers with anti-abortion states. And in response to these reports, the sheriff's office, tantamount to Chief Jen Lewis's prior statements without evidence, accused the ACLU and EFF of lying as, quote, part of a broader agenda to promote lawlessness and prevent criminals from being held accountable, end quote. Neither increased police nor surveillance make us any safer. These are fallacious act measures. Band-aids is even that, without healing the wounds. Rather, the funding of community and social services must be bolstered in order to fully eradicate the conditions in which nonviolent crimes are committed. Any people's part is stop the unadulterated wholesale slaughter and surveillance of Palestinians. Um, I'm Alicia Dirk Berkeley, and um, I really appreciate that you're so passionate about reducing and deterring crime, especially when it comes to using surveillance to do that. And I do appreciate that some council members brought up other considerations and questioning of, the, of surveillance data. Um, Can you speak up? There's no higher Okay. Um, but if you really did care about reducing and deterring crime. I'd like to also bring to your attention that there's also surveillance and uh, wide documentation of our major crime, the genocide of Palestinians and uh, Palestinian people. If you really care about reducing and deterring crime, you definitely also need to care about one of the biggest documentations of the time of genocide. And you can definitely address it directly by passing a resolution to cease violence. million dollars for something that we don't know will work. Um, I'm kind of appalled by that, but I shouldn't be surprised given how much of our city's money is going to funding a genocide. So I don't know, this has been a really enlightening evening. Um, I think it's also a thing too. <laughs> like even without the like 
disruption shutting down this meeting. It's evident that y'all can't hold it together yourselves either. <laughs> I, know, I expected better. Um, whatever, ceasefire now and uh, good luck. <laughs> Hi everyone. Uh, you are all public office holders, which is really cool because it means that you are supposed to represent the values of people who voted you into office. Well, hi, we're all here. We're the people who voted you into office. Um, why aren't you representing our values? It's very clear that we do not support this. We do not support over policing. We don't support things that don't work. It's extremely clear. There have been countless studies that have shown that over policing and surveillance and issues like these don't actually do anything to solve crime, that deterrence and policing don't work, and that issues like these are like, they just don't work. And it is incredibly alarming to me that you continue to stick to these old systems that are proven to not work when we have more solutions. Um, and yeah, I like you claim to value safety, you claim to value accountability, but you show no evidence of actually being like holding yourselves accountable or holding other people accountable. Um, it's obvious that you don't care about safety, especially when you want to support the safety of people in Gaza or the safety of people. Thank you. It's so interesting that um, another council member resigned. You know, I hope I hope you're all proud of yourself. Um, and who's next? The mayor, 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 the city the the mayor, 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 the the Richmond neighborhood safety. Uh, as you recall, when the shootings happened at San Pablo Park, uh, one of those uh, guy named Sam Vaughn came to talk about the how in Richmond they reduced their crime. What did they do? They invested in the community. They gave money to help themselves and to be part of a program that reduced the crime. Ceasefire, if you put money into that, maybe that would help reduce the crime yeah. in Berkeley and otherwise. But no, you can't do a ceasefire in Gaza, can't do a ceasefire in Berkeley. <laughs> but, you know, um, and if you invested in youth work, youth mm. jobs, mm. youth education, mm. youth mental health, health period, maybe some things would change, but surveillance isn't the answer. Surveillance of these kiosks, of now cameras all over the city. I hope you all are happy because you forced another resignation. Were you the harassers this time? <laughs> all right, thank you for your comments. Great people park though, if you can't do anything else. Great people park. 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 Great people park
My comrades have already established that surveillance is a tool of apartheid, imperialism, fascism. fascism. I don't want you to pass this. The people have told you that they do not want you to pass this. It is so clear that you do not give a single shit about the people who put you in office, and that's fine, because I would like to remind you there are less than 10 of you. We have all waited you out. We are all still here, and we will remain here even after you try to bring this town and run it into the ground with your fascist policies. Our revenge is going to be that we are still here. Our revenge is going to be the laughter of our children in a Berkeley with council members who represent us. And not be surveilled by your disgusting agenda items. How dare you sit there, not even be able to look me in the eye and claim to represent us? You are a sham. Can they prove that? Shame on you. We will outlast you. We are not going anywhere. Free Palestine, free yourself, and free Britain. Um, I'd like to begin by pointing out the person that brought this uh, item up, Mark, on the phone the whole time, right next to him, Rashi, just giggling, smiling the whole time. You got us by hope. I like if you're gonna come up here, pull up some security camera funding or whatever it is you want to do, and you want to call yourself a public official, you should sit here and actually listen to what we have to say. Get off your phone! Like you're always on your phone. You're always on your phone. I, what is going on here? I'm I, I'm not like a uh, a, a freaking I'm not like an expert on this, but I'm pretty sure when you're in public office, you listen to the people that voted you in public <laughs> office. Uh -huh. No. Everyone's telling you this is a terrible idea. Uh, and Jesse is over here at, let's add more. Let's add more. And Kate got so upset she had to leave. You know what's really crazy to me? Y'all have voices when it comes to these problems, but you don't have voices when it comes to Palestine. All this a bunch of conservative shills, but you guys are progressives. These flags behind you are, are hypocrisy. I would say that I'm surprised uh, what I saw today, but my mother told me never to lie. <laughs> I am shocked, however, that only $150,000 is going to a vital resource that the community needs that I use, that most of my friends use, the people, uh, the Berkeley Free Clinic. But $4 million can go into surveillance footage, yeah. uh, surveillance that uh, has not been tested um, and no other alternatives have been tried. Um, that I would say is pretty shocking. Uh, I'm also not surprised, uh, sadly, that um, Berkeley, that the city council will not uh, even take up the idea of a ceasefire resolution. But I am shocked that a that a city that has a legacy of anti-war uh, and that uh, that and free speech that the that the mayor loves to flaunt. Uh, is actively being ignored and spat on by 
refusing to bring up these, um, by even refusing the acknowledgement of the idea of a ceasefire. Despite the chaos of this evening, y'all have been so consistent in maintaining your isolationist attitude. You keep talking about these security cameras catching people going in and out of Berkeley. Where are they going in and out of? The surrounding areas that have way more people of color, a much higher percentage of people of color than Berkeley. Is that where we're protect is that what we're protecting Berkeley residents from? Berkeley is 52% white according to the census. Well, Richmond is 17.5 and Oakland is 30% white. This is clearly a racial issue. And this really the thread that y'all are keeping of acting like, oh, we have nothing to do with a ceasefire in Palestine. We have nothing to do with genocide when we absolutely fucking do. Have just a little bit of thought in your brains. I am begging you, please. Uh, I don't, I don't even quite know what to say right now. I think I'm just going to speak spontaneously from the heart because this yeah. night has been, I don't know, I'm just kind of flabbergasted, but like these young people are out here just watching you guys implode and, and, and like the faith in our elected officials from the top down to our local government. I mean, how are these kids supposed to have any faith that this system is going to work for them or listen to them at all? We can't. We're so disheartened by seeing our president, an active cheerleader for a genocide. And we just come to our, it's like you come to your parents. That's the thing. Like, here's my son, a Jewish mother. Please. You come to your parents, you expect them to protect you and have your best interests at heart. You come to your local government, you expect them to know you, care for you, have your best interests at heart, listen to you. But you're watching your parents getting a divorce. It's it's like we're it's a dysfunctional family, and these kids are just sitting here like crying under the bed. Did somebody step up and like pull it together? Like who's the same person in this family that's gonna say, hey, you, you're not invited to the barbecue anymore. Let's get the rest of us together and pull ourselves together. Come on. Okay, are there any other in-person speakers? Um, Zoom speakers, Jack Rosner. I don't. I'm not a co-host. Oh, sorry. Jack Rosner, you should not be able to speak. Yes, thank you. Good evening, Council. Uh, what a meeting, my goodness. Um, I'm here on behalf of the Berkeley Chamber of Commerce. I'll keep my remarks brief. Um, commercial burglaries have spiked 30% since 2022. We know that cameras can be an effective tool for solving and reducing crime. 
And we want our police to have the tools necessary to keep our merchants, employees, and citizens safe. I'd like to yield the rest of my time to John Kaner. Uh, I think she said additional 30 seconds, John Kaner. Let's do a minute 30. All right, John Kinner, <clears throat> next. Uh, yes, thank you, uh, Mr. Mayor and Council. Um, I first just want to say I'm deeply, deeply saddened by Kate's resignation. This is a very, very sad day again for Berkeley. But I do want to strongly um, urge your support for security cameras in the downtown for our merchants, our residents, and visitors to discourage crime and apprehend and prosecute crime that happened. As we know, the DA often will not prosecute unless there's video. So um, we, but we strongly recommend evaluating Safe City Connect option for faster, cheaper, and greater coverage that can integrate that can be integrated with the in intersection cameras. Safe City Connect has a network of 1,500 cameras in San Francisco, including the ACLU building. They're deploying hundreds in downtown Berkeley and the Oakland City Council has allocated another $500,000 for a citywide network. San Leandro, Emeryville, Walnut Creek, Los Angeles are all looking at installing Safe City Connect networks. We had a meeting scheduled, a briefing with Councilmember Harrison and BPD 2 p.m. tomorrow. I wouldn't, because Cage is no longer on council, invite others or maybe we postpone it, but particularly want to invite um, uh, uh, Councilor um, Humbert and um, and um, uh, excuse me, and the other sponsor for the bill also. Um, I do want to um, thank um, Councilmember Harrison for her um, for her support on this, and really urge you to take a look at the other option. Thank you. Okay, we'll go next to Naomi Smaller. Uh, hello, can you hear me? Yes. Um, okay. Um, so this is directed at everybody uh, in the room. I, I want you to all look at each other, and then I want you to look up at the ghouls up on uh, City Council, um, who only really represent one thing, and that is capital, and that is the almighty dollar. Um, you can... Um, the thing with the thing with the thing with the thing with the thing the thing about you know the thing about this um is uh you know this 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 system um it 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 seeks to it seeks to get rid of everybody that it doesn't consider productive uh that it doesn't consider useful by its own fucked up metrics um and whether that's you know whether that's you know, whether it's Palestinians or whether it's our own houseless neighbors, um, you know, we have to fight. We have to fight back because it's only going to get worse and we only have each other. Uh, David Trey. Hello? Yes. Okay. Um, so we're talking about cameras in public spaces tonight, and that's really important. Um, I want to talk about something that is kind of haunting the issue. It's mentioned briefly, um, but that's the staffing crisis. 
every week, every couple of weeks, you guys debate policies that we don't have the capacity to implement. We're talking about using technology to help scale the police department, in part because we have dozens of vacancies in that department. Now we're talking about additional camera locations, but we don't have the public work staff to install the cameras. Council mm -hmm. needs to work harder to fix the staffing crisis. It means making policy changes to ease administrative burdens, despite, you know, there are needs, there are need to haves and there are nice to haves. Council also needs to look at their own behavior and their own words. The public still, still has no idea why we lost our transportation director. That's crazy and unacceptable. Um, and we, we really do need a code of conduct for how council relates to staff, interacts with staff. What we have today is not working. Thank you. Fatia Schick is our next speaker. First, I want to commend the um, mayor and the city council that in spite of disruptions and disparaging comments and threats against them personally, that you have been able to conduct city business. Uh, I know people are, are sort of like, oh, cameras, big brother and everything else. But when, but when one is in a public space, I don't think one has the same amount of privacy uh, expected as one has in one's private home. And I know like if you have security cameras in your home, uh, around your property, you're not allowed to point them at other people's properties and whatever. I'm just curious, but maybe this is opening up a Pandora's box or it's, it makes a lot of problems. What would happen? Are, are private people allowed to have uh, cameras to help the city? Thank you. Okay, our next speaker is Ava. Um, thank you, Mayor. I know you don't remember this, um, but my very first Berkeley City Council meeting, uh, there was a surveillance uh, camera item, and I had just moved to Berkeley, and one of the first things I did was attend a Berkeley City Council meeting, and I learned a lot from the activists. That first City Council meeting, I thought that surveillance cameras would be a good idea, and I my thinking on it evolved a lot and a lot of that had to do um, with listening to people like Andrea Pritchett and Margie Wilkinson and and a lot of people um, who really make Berkeley special. Um, I, I'm sorry about Kate Harrison's resignation, um, but I, I do hope that that people will pay close attention to the surveillance camera issue because the more you learn about it, the more you realize it just doesn't make us safer. Um, it does it, you know, it does create more um, profit profit opportunities for the people who provide the cameras, though. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Blair B. Hi, Blair Beekman here. Um, you know, the longer there will be continual war in Israel and Gaza, the more we're going to have issues in our local communities in this country about law enforcement, surveillance, technology. Um, I hope the group that's here tonight really wants to be ready for that fight in the coming months and be really uh, prepared that we're going to have to talk to our local government a lot about 
creating openness and accountability, continuing those practices in 2024. It's important we work on that at the local level. It's those ways we can develop really good concepts of peace and open democracy that gives awesome examples for the future of everybody of Israel and Gaza. They really need it. So we got to practice the good stuff. Man, Berkeley, City of Berkeley, thank you so much for bringing this sort of item to the public. And your your items last week about uh, reimagine. You're really trying to work the public level on ideas of peace, how we work at day-to-day community process. Keep up the good work. We're saying no. So respect that. Thank you. Thank you. The 30-minute public comment period elapsed. Councilor Humber, Yes, thank you. I'd like to say that I, I I object to the idea that if you don't support the broad proliferation of expensive surveillance cameras, uh, that you don't care about crime, because I do care about crime. And um, I agree with many of the comments that Councilmember Harrison made regarding the other potential uses of funds and the need for us to consider whether this particular use of funds for public safety is the optimal use. I am willing to support technology, but I don't think we have the right circumstances here. First of all, we just learned that only one of the 10 cameras that has already been approved has been deployed. There's such a backlog that we still have nine more to go. We have almost no track record or data. We have no ability to compare the value of one type of location against another. And there's no hurry for us to approve additional locations that aren't clearly aren't going to be happening anytime soon. I would like us to have criteria for how we select a location for a camera. I would like us to be able to evaluate a variety of locations against that criteria. Uh, Councilmember Kensarwani noted that were frequent robberies on 4th Street. That sounds to me like a potentially good criteria, but I would like for us to have that criteria set ahead of time before we just decide that we are going to um, approve or consider on a priority basis specific locations. I'm particularly interested in the idea of hiring more detectives. Um, I recently read an article that said that we ought to focus more on all gun crimes that not that oftentimes uh, when guns are used and they injure someone or someone is killed, those cases get a ton of resources. But if we focus on every single crime where a gun has been brandished, then it actually has a very big impact on reducing gun violence and, and uh, significant violent crimes as well. So there's a lot of other things that we can do that are smart, that are thoughtful, that can have a real impact on deterring and solving crimes. I'm not convinced that the item that we have in front of us is the best way for us to move forward to address these very real 
and very serious issues. So I am going to be abstaining on this item because I am not against cameras. I just don't agree with the way this particular set of proposals have been brought forward. And I would like to have the opportunity for a lot more analysis and a lot more comparison of different options for the money uh, before going ahead in such a, an affirmative matter. Thank you so much. Unless there's any other comments, we have a motion. Let's call the roll. Okay. Councilmember Kessarwani? Yes. Catlin? Mm -hmm. Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison is absent. On? Abstain. One draft is absent. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Arney? Yes. Okay. Motion that motion carried. is carried. Move to suspend rules and to adjourn. Yes. Uh, Second. Yeah, call the roll. <laughs> yes. uh, Councilmember Kessarwani? Yes. Kathleen, yes. Bartlett, yes. On, yes. Humbert, Bart, yes. And Mary Eric, yes. Okay. Thank you. Your adjourn.